Terry goes up to check on Ace. Oh, yeah. Ace is sitting there watching a old Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. <laughs> when I looked at that cartoon, I thought, okay, this is an odd choice. Yeah, it was. Because if you're not... If you're going to show a, a dog watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon... Yeah. There's a hundred Bugs Bunny cartoons you could pick. Yeah. And I'm sure there's another one with a dog in it. Yeah, but they chose... But they chose this, this one. one. So I was curious. Okay. I looked up which Looney Tunes cartoon it is. Yes. Which, for, for reference, it is uh, a Mary Melody's cartoon called Hair Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Which, for those who are curious, the only difference between Looney Tunes and Mary Melody's is, in most cases, budget. Unless it's a Looney Tunes cartoon that it in a re-release got upgraded to Mary Melody's because it was so popular. Okay. For future reference. Gotcha. This particular cartoon, Hair Ribbon is distinctive for itself being heavily censored in its theatrical release. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that in and of itself is a odd coincidence. Yes. With the but why don't I just look this up? Okay. Why don't I just watch this and see what is this particular cartoon about? Taken by itself, this is not really that odd or strange Looney Tunes cartoon, or Mary Melodies in this case. In fact... It's really subpar in terms of quality, in my opinion. There's some weird editing choices. I, I, just in watching, I knew there were some weird editing choices. Yeah. Not counting what got edited out for what they censored. Because the only yeah. version I could find to watch originally was the one on Amazon, which is the censored version. Okay. And all it is is this dog, of course, trying to find a rabbit to eat for lunch. Mm-hmm. Comes across bugs. Bugs torments them. Of course. At some point, they end up at the bottom of a lake, but they're both breathing normally because yeah. cartoons. Dude. And after some back and forth, this uh, Bugs Bunny says, uh, or the dog says, you know, all this chasing around is getting me hungry. And Bugs Bunny says, what are you hungry for? And of course, it's obvious what the dog is hungry for. <laughs> Rabbit. But the, the dog says, a rabbit sandwich. Oh, if that's your case, and then he, of course, Bugs Bunny throws, goes over to the side, dragging this guy, and says, and says, well, if you want a rabbit sandwich, and he does this French accent. I'm not doing a good French accent. He <laughs> says, well, I'll get you a rabbit sandwich. So he, he, of course, puts the bed around the dog, like you do. Yeah. Moves his head off, so he says, hey, I've got the one of me on bread. Lily says it that way. This is not a good French accent. Okay. He says, oh, we don't have any rabbit? Oh, I'm sorry, monsieur. We don't have any rabbit, but... I will go and personally get you one. So he runs off stage and comes back out wearing a hunter's cap and carrying a rifle, walks around and literally turns around to the dog and says, Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Uh. It's like, there's a meta joke. <laughs> just a bit. And just keeps going around and says, and the dog looks at the screen and goes, Ah, he's hunting wabbits. Ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. Rabbit! <laughs> and of course, catches him says, enough fooling around, I'm going to have rabbit! And, he, and then Bugs Bunny says, okay, sure, fine. So he pulls out, Bugs Bunny pulls out this two, two slices of bread with lettuce. Of course. Gets in between them. And in the edited version, this is where the edit, the real good, the big, the after, the, the stuff they did second they starts, Bugs Bunny kind of turns to the screen in an obvious cutaway, because it's not even the same background. <laughs> different art style and everything but yeah. it's so quick surely the kids won't notice 
not the kids, but anyway. You see Bugs Bunny kind of lifts the bread up enough that you can see that Bugs Bunny is kind of curled up in the upper half, so he yeah. can't get bit. The dog bites into the sandwich, and of course, Bugs Bunny, acting, screams out like he's dead. And then the scene in the episode, Sorry. and the movie starts. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've killed the rabbit. I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to live. And then Bugs Bunny, of course, comes back to life and says, oh, you mean it? And then, of course, that's when Terry McGinnis changes the channel yes. in the movie. However, this is the exact moment in which the big edit changes. In the edited version, yeah. Bugs Bunny hands a gun to the dog. The dog puts it to his head and pulls the trigger, committing suicide. <laughs> in which we do not we condone, do not condone at it at all. <laughs> if, you but, have the, if you have those yes. thoughts, please go to yes. professional. And then, of course, the dog falls over. Bugs Bunny plants a lily in his hand, dances off screen. The dog rises up and says, as, as the iris is coming in at the end of the cartoon, stops and says, this should not happen to a dog. And then lets go and the iris closes on his snout and he goes, ow! <laughs> and then the merry melodies. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. In the original version, which you can only see on the Laserdisc Golden Collection and the DVD Golden Collection, I think yeah. it's Volume 5. Wow. It's the only places you can legally find it. They did not even release this on the Blu-rays. Yeah. Instead of uh, him handing the gun to the dog, yeah. Bugs Bunny pulls the gun out and shoots him in the face. What? Right in the mouth. <laughs> I saw this part on YouTube. Right in the muzzle. Fair enough. And then the rest of the thing ends, as I said before. Yeah. And of course, all these edits where, obviously, they reanimated stuff yeah. to have changed it. Are all different art style done quickly and very cheaply yeah <laughs> to the point where it's like you can note it out because the background goes from green to blue and then back to green when you get back to the rest of the episode huh it's like okay it's not a good one to be honest yeah but it is does carry a distinction of being one of the only looney tunes cartoons with two endings because those cartoons were made on the cheap yeah hey let's rewind that the Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Rewind! Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, he got his jeans spliced and now he thinks he's a hyena. Dila, what'd you do this time? Welcome, Jacob. <laughs> Great! Thanks, Dila. I was referring to what? <laughs> you said hyena! <laughs> And he is the hyena. I know. <laughs> that was going to be a great episode. Oh, Why do you think you... Let me introduce our co-host, a man who uh, doesn't want to wind up in the same position as Bunk. <laughs> I still want to know who, name, who, who names themselves. This is obviously his gang name, right? Right, right. And I know they're the Jokers. Yes. So I get why he's got to go with something kind of jokery, comedic, clownish. I get that. But still, why do you call yourself Bonk? I have no idea. It's just a weird uh, choice. 
It anyway, is. yeah. Yes, we are at another rewind episode tonight. And this time we are looking back at I don't know which episode this actually was numerically, but it doesn't matter. You're right. Um but the episode Batman Beyond Return of the Joker mm-hmm. Uncut. Mm-hmm. You have to be specific because there's a cut version of this. Yes, there for the, is. For the kitties. Yeah. We well, are doing the full PG 13. Yes. It's dangerously close to the R rating in, in some cases. This this is way maybe, before maybe just maybe. this is way before the D, you know the DC animated extended universe yeah. where they're doing R-rated films. This was like this was in the DCAU continuity. Yeah. And this was uh, like, well, oh my maybe God. not the uncut version officially. No, not maybe not officially, but it's still there. Anyway. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the spoiler free thoughts yes. on that? Certified fresh and spoiler free. So this is my second viewing. Really? Yeah. Because I, I didn't see this one originally when it came out back in the day, because I would have been just at the age or just at the circumstances mm-hmm. made it to where I didn't see it back in the day. Ah, uh, I think this is when because this was still on WB at the time. It hadn't made the jump to Cartoon Network. Not quite. So, yeah, there's the difference. I had gotten Cartoon Network and was watching Cartoon Network, not Kids WB. Right. Why would I watch Kids WB? Plus, let's be honest. The new Batman, new adventures of Batman and Robin kind of soured that well. I gotcha. Just because I don't like those looks as well. Right. Which is why I'm glad we actually got more traditional designs here for the flashback. Yes. But yeah. So this is my second viewing. It is a lot harsher than you think it's going to be, Hmm. especially in that one scene. And. Yeah, this is definitely the evilest thing that the Joker has ever done. Yeah. And what allows him to come back. So mm-hmm. um, definitely this is not a movie. I, I, I guess it is for kids, but maybe older kids. Yeah. But, I mean, just be aware there's torture and murder. Someone yeah. dies on screen. Two, uh, actually. Not to give it away. Two, actually. Yes, two. Two. Another one that gets really close. Yeah. And then there's the cutaway joke that makes you go, oh, well, that's an interesting choice <laughs> for a Looney Tunes clip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I wish I was dead. <laughs> How you doing, killer? <laughs> oh, me. I wish I'd have thought to relook up what that, which uh, cartoon that, which uh, Looney Tunes cartoon that is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. It's a good film. What are your thoughts? My thoughts. Now, I watched, I think originally I watched this on Cartoon Network years ago. And I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, where has this been? Like, okay, Batman Beyond. I think I've heard of this. Batman Return of the Joker. I caught little clips here and there. And I walked into, I can't remember, like either it was a, a used movie shop or town and country or blockbuster or one of those like you know back in the day when you had you know actual movie movie centers where you can go rent movies mm-hmm. way back in the day you know back in the you know the 90s and the 2000 early 2000s movie before. rentals movie rentals thank you blockbusters yes Except not necessarily all were blockbusters no they were not all blockbusters 
I remember one town and country that was a beautiful one downtown, but they, you know, like everything else of the, you know, those went, went the way of the dodo bird. Right. Uh, so I found the copy I have now at one of those for cheap. And I was like, Ooh, I want to watch that. And it was like, Ooh, it's the uncut version. It's like, Ooh, yes. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And I've watched this. I don't want to say religiously. I don't want to say that, but I have watched it. I would worry if you did. Yes, I, I would. I'd be like, I would, I would be, be worried for my salvation if I did that. Uh, no, but I, I, I have, uh, have very fond memories of watching this film throughout the years. And, uh, I, when it initially came up on the docket of being reviewed, I was like, yes, in a heartbeat. And so on this review, I can't remember how many times I've watched this film. This is such a great film. Uh, so in, or in preparation for watching this film again for the rewind, I wa- uh, I dug it out of storage because I had to move a few things over because a few things got a little wet in my apartment mm-hmm. at one point. So I took it out of the box, found it, played it. It's still amazing to me as a film. Highly recommend it. And uh, I text Drew right after watching it and after what, listening to the uh, audio com- the uh, commentary track. Yeah. And be like, do you want to borrow it? And because uh, he said, be like, oh, no, I'm, I was, I'll just watch the uh, the one on, I think, HBO Max. Yeah, I don't know if that was cut or uncut. I never got around to watching it till after you texted me. Oh, okay. But yeah, we're here now. Be like, I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I don't know how many times I've watched this film, to say the least, at all. But I really, really enjoy this film. Uh, before we get into our full spoiler-filled section, uh, we do actually have some uh, comments on this. Uh, Branson Boykin over at Geek Devotions said uh, says a. Uh, for live action Burton verse, better than Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. That's kind of a backhanded comment. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> a little better than Batman Returns, but not as good as Batman. He's placing it in position where he thinks it goes. I guess. Oh, okay. I think I think it's because the way you worded this. Yeah. Where do you rank this film among other Batman that's movies? Right, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's that's why it's this for animated Tim verse better than Batman Sub Zero, but not quite as good as Batman Mask of the Phantasm. For new stuff, just no, not even going there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then uh, the Dapper Man Kevin Joshua Burnham says it's just okay. Mm. Anyway, okay. Dapper Man. We at least had some. Yeah, we, we had some comments. Some comments. Always very thankful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here you jump into our full spoiler-filled section. Sure, why not? The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Listener discretion is advised. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was directed by Kurt Gita, who went on to direct Ultimate Avengers the movie. Hmm. We've reviewed that one. Last year. Oh, yeah, we did. And I didn't realize this was the same guy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was also written by Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, and Glenn Murakami. Getting into the cast, we've got Will Friedel as Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. Batman. Mm-hmm. And he played Ron Stoppable in Kim Possible. Yes. Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne. And his most recent performance, and I believe his last, was as Hordak in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah, he was a uh, merman. No, no, that, no. Yeah, he was, he was not mermaid man. No, he was merman. Bob. That was he was merman. Else. Merman. He was merman. It says he was Hordak. Uh, 
Uh, he could have been hor- well. That might be. I in- went off IMDb. So what, I is mean- it? Is it? Was it He Man? Was it Masters of the Universe? He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Oh, okay. Not Masters of the Universe. I know there's two different shows there. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Never mind. <laughs> Mark Hamill played both the Joker and Jordan Price. Yes. He is, of course, known as Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. But did you know that he also played Wolverine in the video game X2 Wolverine's Revenge? No, I didn't. (laughs) I am curious to hear this performance. (laughs) Angie Harmon plays Barbara Gordon, which is not the person who played her in the show. No. She was unable to uh, be in it. But uh, Angie Harmon played Assistant District Attorney Abby Carmichael in Law & Order Hmm. around this time. Dean Stockwell played Tim Drake. And in the television series Quantum Leap, he played Rear Admiral Albert Al Calavici, aka Scott Bakula's buddy, who's going, who's hologram buddy, who's go, helping him get through time. Oh, okay. Do you know Quantum Leap at all? Yes, I okay. love Quantum Leap. So you know who Al is? Yes, I know okay. who Al is. Okay. Well, that was Dean Stockwell. Oh, okay. Anyway, Thanks. Arlene Sorkin plays Harley Quinn, and in the soap opera Days of Our Lives, she played a character named Calliope Jones. Hmm. Tara Strong played Batgirl, mm-hmm. and recently in the television series Loki, she played Miss Minutes. Huh. You still haven't watched Loki? No, I have not Steve, seen Loki. No idea who this character is? No, I don't. I am very far behind the MCU stuff currently. Uh, animated AI avatar. Okay. Basically. Okay. And she has a really good jump scare in, her, in the last episode. I gotcha. All right. Anyway. I'll have to look forward to that at some point. Matthew Valencia played Robin. And uh, in Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace, he played a homeless kid. He didn't have much to choose from that was Apparently. Tim Drake, okay? I gotcha. Fair. Fair. Melissa Joan Hart mm-hmm. was the voice of both DDs. Uh-huh. And uh, she played Sabrina Spellman in the good Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> Witch television show. Yes. I have opinions. Don't we all? Don Harvey played Chucko, and he was Danny Flanagan in something called The Deuce. The Deuce. He didn't have much to choose from. I gotcha. Here's a fun one. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum played Ghoul. Yeah. In the up in Guardians of the Galaxy, he plays a character named Martin X, who was also in Volume Two. He's going to be in the in the up Volume Three when it comes out. Really? Like next week? Yes, yeah, so something like that. Yeah. yeah. But he is probably most well-known among geeks and nerds, especially DC people, for playing Lex Luthor in Smallville. Yes. Henry Rollins played Bonk. Mm-hmm. And he was Kilowog in Green Lantern Emerald Knights. Yes. Our good buddy Frank Welker played Woof. Mm-hmm. Who's surprised? Because you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, because Frank Walker just does everything under someone comes to an animal voice. In the live action Mortal Kombat film, the first one. Yeah. He played Reptile. Yes. As you could guess. Yes. He was also Shao Kahn. He was Shao Kahn. He was Shao Kahn. <laughs> according to IMDb. Now, just for reference sake, Shao Kahn was the which character? You're going to make me double check. Yes, I am going to make you double check everything. 
That's what we're supposed to do here. Shao Kahn is the guy with the skull helmet. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I'm not so familiar that with... Guy. That's what I thought. I'm not so familiar with Mortal Kombat. Be like, I played the game a little bit. I watched the movie. Begrudgingly, sometimes I'll watch the second one. Why did I watch this film? Uh, because we were on a podcast that was covering it. That is, no, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. We that's did. Why? That's right. That's we did. the only reason yeah, I watched it. That's true. I remember watching it years ago. This was not a good movie. Then rewatch it again. Anyway. Yeah. Last but not least, Andrea Romano. Uh huh. Was the voice of Laughing Boy, as is credited. Oh. Because they don't did not want to give away the spoiler. Right. Of that being Joker Jr. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because uh, Matthew Valencia really couldn't pull off a good laugh, menacing laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. Laugh. Anyway. Yeah. She played Martha Wayne in, in Batman Gotham Knight. Oh, interesting. Kingdom Hearts Connections. I want you to guess how many we have. Four. Guess again. Lower or higher? Higher. Eight. Lower. Six? Yes. <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook, who played Chelsea for a hot minute in this yeah, film. She played that for one minute. Uh, she's Tifa Lockhart in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Repraising her role from Advent Children Complete. Nice. Mark Another Hamill. Mark Hamill. Joker and Jordan Price in this is Master Ericus in Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. Tara Strong, who is Batgirl in this, plays Final Fantasy X's Riku. Okay. This is what happens when you have two characters with the same name minus a letter. I gotcha. <laughs> um, Frank Welker, who was Wolf. Mm -hmm. Experiment 221 Sparky in Kingdom That's Hearts. Right. That's right. Will Friedel. Who plays Terry McGinnis? He played Cypher from Kingdom Hearts. Really? Final Fantasy VIII, the little kid. And I, if I had, I'm going to have to insert this sound effect later, but I want you to hear a little bit of his performance right quick. Oh, no. <laughs> For our entertainment purposes alone. Oh, this is going to get included. On oh, the well, never mind at the moment. <laughs> That was undeniable proof that we totally owned you, lamers. I had to get that line in there. Oh, okay. That gotcha. undeniable proof that we totally <laughs> owned you, lamers. It's like, oh, my word, that is so Disney. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Last but not least, Ryan O'Donohue played Matt McGinnis, Terry's brother, in mm. one scene. Yeah. He played one of the, he played a Demix in Kingdom Hearts, one of the uh, Organization 13 villains. Okay. And that's the end of Kingdom Hearts Connections. All right. Well, we got an info and stuff. All right. So info and stuff. All right. So uh, IMDb has a 7.7 7 out of 10. It's to be able to watch on HBO Max or should it be Max. Uh, production was Warner Bros. Animation and distributed by Warner Home Video. Uh, release date for the original, the edited cut was December 12th. 2000 and the unedited cut was april 23rd 2002 
box office. Obviously, there was no box office because this was direct to video, which is a crying shame. I would have paid good money to watch this in theaters. Blame Mask of the Phantasm's poor performance in theaters. I agree. I didn't say Mask of the Phantasm was bad. I no. said it performed poorly. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it'd be like if they ever, I know they do it every once in a while, they put Mask of the Phantasm back into theaters. Mm -hmm. I would love someone to go watch that in theaters. That'd be good. Keep an eye or out. Watch, sure or, Fathom Events will put it out. Or this film. Let's just, you know, this film. Yeah, this film. Because uh, that would be so good. Definitely uncut. Come what, on, Warner Brothers. What year did Come you on. say this came out? Uh, 2000. And the unedited kick came ah, out two we, years we, later. We missed the 20th anniversary because of COVID 19. Thanks, COVID. So, uh, home video release, uh, Batman Beyond Return of Joker was originally set to be released on Halloween of the year 2000, but following the, but following the, what is it saying? Following the backlash against violence in children's media in results of the Columbine high school massacre on April and April of 1999, the team, the creative team was forced to make edits that delayed the release until December 12th, 2000. And obviously it's sequel because they're technically, they're calling this uh, the sequel, which was Batman, Batman versus sub Batman versus Mr. Free sub zero, which technically isn't, uh, that's not a sequel. It's not a sequel, but it's what they're calling the sequel, but it's not the sequel. It's not, I wouldn't even call it a prequel. It's just a different spot in the timeline. I guess it's more like when they were released, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, because Batman. But Sub-Zero follows more of the original art style, not the uh, the new adventures art style. Yeah, exactly, which is so, weird. Why would they call that? Just I'm just, I'm just going by why I mean, IMDB and all the others were selling. I, I think someone got their wires crossed somewhere. I think so. But the anyway. Batterings crossed. Anywho. Yes. So that is all I have for an info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. A new faction of the Joker's gang, consisting of Bonk, Woof, Ghoul, Chucko, and the DD twins, attempt to steal high-tech equipment, electronic equipment, but they are intercepted by Batman, a.k.a. Terry McGinnis, the protege of the first Batman, Bruce Wayne. The gang reports back to their leader, revealed to be the Joker, who is Bruce's nemesis and has mysteriously reappeared following his presumed death years ago. The Joker kills Bonk for defiance and to intimidate the other members. And I'd like to point out, he was wearing a red shirt. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a red shirt. He was going to get axed anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway. Later, the Jokers attack a press conference commemorating Bruce's return to Wayne Enterprises, and the Joker reveals himself to Bruce, who insists that it cannot be uh, him, despite evidence to the contrary. After defending off the attack, Terry demands information from Bruce and Gotham City's Police Department's Commissioner, Barbara Gordon, the former Batgirl, but neither gives him answers. Eventually, Bruce orders Terry to return the Batsuit so he can investigate and confront the Joker on his own, despite the limitations of his age. However, the Jokers attack Terry, nearly killing his girlfriend, Dana, while the Joker poisons Bruce and his Great Dane, Ace, revealing he knows Bruce was Batman and that Terry is his successor. After Terry saves Bruce's life with an antidote, Barbara finally explains the Joker's disappearance, albeit reluctantly, hmm. four decades ago, sometime following the departure of Nightwing, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, mm -hmm. from Gotham City to Bloodhaven. 
The Joker and Harley Quinn kidnapped his successor, Tim Drake, who was then, at that point Robin, while he was on patrol, inflicting three weeks of torture and brainwashing on him at the abandoned Arkham Asylum to learn Batman's secrets. When Batman and Batgirl found him, he was altered by the Joker's chemicals to become a, to become a miniature version of him. A fight ensued during which Tim turned on and killed the Joker, suffering a complete nervous breakdown, while Harley fell down a ravine and was presumed dead. After he recovered a year later with help from Wayne, the Wayne family friend, Leslie Tompkins, Tim was forced into retirement by Bruce, who blamed himself for the whole ordeal, severing his ties with the latter and left to make his own, own life. Terry visits Tim, who voices bitterness towards his past as Robin, but denies any involvement in the Joker's return. Terry's next suspect is Jordan Price, a Wayne exec Enterprises executive who hates Bruce for ruining his chance to take over Wayne Enterprises, but he only finds Price guilty of conspiring with the Jokers to have Bruce killed. When the beam of direct directed energy weapon strikes Price's yacht from above, Terry rescues Price before turning him into the police. In the Batcave, after realizing the Joker only destroyed the Robin costume, Terry recalls Tim's grudge against his old persona and deduces he must be involved. Cross-referencing Tim's expertise as a telecommunications engineer with the Joker's thefts, Terry and Bruce discover the stolen equipment uh, can create a jamming system to seize control of a laser-armed military satellite. When Terry goes to face Tim, he triggers a trap set by the Joker, who then follows to an abandoned candy factory. After surviving further attacks from the satellite, subduing the Jokers with Ace's help, Terry confronts the Joker, who gloats he encoded himself into a microchip built with, with genetic technology hidden behind Tim's ear, allowing him to survive death by overtaking Tim's body. With the satellite, the Joker plans to kill Bruce and Terry's loved ones before destroying Gotham City. As they battle, Terry uses one of the Joker's joy buzzers to destroy both the weapon and the microchip, saving the city and freeing Tim as the Joker finally meets his end. Following the Joker's arrests, Barbara hides Tim's unwitting involvement to protect him from the with the Joker declared dead in the factory's explosion, while the Dee twins are bailed out by their grandmother, an elderly Harley Quinn, <laughs> who survived her fall and reformed. Bruce makes amends with Tim and Barbara while Tim recovers in the hospital, during which Bruce and Tim acknowledge Terry as worthy to carry on the mantle of the bat. Getting into the trivia for this one. When Bruce is checking the future Joker's voice print against that of the past Jokers, the clip is a newly animated but previously scripted segment mm -hmm. from Holiday Nights, which was the first episode of the new Batman Adventures 1997. Really? Yeah. When Terry lists possible explanations for the Joker's return, he mentions being in suspended animation after being frozen in a block of ice. Hmm. This is a reference to the Marvel Comics character Captain America, who was found in an identical mm -hmm. state by the Avengers in the 1960s. The voice of Ghoul was provided by Michael Rosenbaum, who uh -huh. did several voices for the TV series Batman Beyond. While in the recording studio, he would often do a Christopher Walken impression that the producers thought was hilarious. Mm -hmm. When they commissioned, when, he, when they were commissioned to create this film, they wrote the part of Ghoul for Rosenbaum's Walker impression. He would later reprise the role in an episode of Justice League 2001, a TV series on which he also voiced series regulars, The Flash. Mm -hmm. Later, Rosenbaum would play the role of Superman's enemy, Lex Luthor, in the TV series Smallville. When Robin himself is played by his usual voice actor, Matthew Valencia, in the film, Joker Jr. is actually played by the film's casting director, Andrea mm -hmm. Romano. Yes. 
The orbital weapons platform that creates a beam of light before it destroys something is taken from the 1988 Japanese animated film Akira, as -hmm. is the basic design for the orbital weapons platform itself. And yes, that does make three times we reviewed a film that includes a giant laser cannon in space pointed Mm -hmm. at the Earth. (laughs) Just pointing that out. Yes. In fact, one of the directors of animation at Tokyo Movie mm-hmm. Shinsa, a.k.a. Exactly. TMS, the Japanese animation company where most of this film was made, was the actual animator of the scene in Akira. Yes. When Kaneda was briefly chased by the beam from the orbital system. When the scene of Terry being chased by the beam came up, the director snagged the storyboarding duties on it for himself <laughs> under the auspices of aiming to top himself. Well... Hey, when when you did it, you know, so long ago, do it again. Just do it better. (laughs) The abandoned Jolly Jack Candy Factory that the resurrected Joker uses as a hideout in the film is named for legendary comic Mm -hmm. artist Jack Kirby, Mm -hmm. who was known as Jolly Jack Kirby during his early in his career. Also known as King Kirby. Both nicknames being given to him by Stan the Man Lee. Lee. Mm -hmm. Which Jack Kirby hated (laughs) of course during the flashback sequence in this film all of the characters appear as they did during the new batman adventures 1997 with the exception of the joker this second redesign for the joker roughly combines his head and face from batman the animated series 1992 model with his body from the new batman adventures 1997 model and would be used again for the characters in universe appearances in justice league 2001 and static shock 2000 Mm -hmm. Which brings us to the end of the trivia. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what is your first like for this film? Well, before we do that, before we do that, I want to do some we, we did in our last episode of Rewind. Oh, yes. Yeah, original scores from that episode. So do you remember what your original score? I have absolutely no clue what I've rated anything oh. after after the after I've said it. I don't even remember what I rated Luca last week, despite the fact I just edited that episode. <laughs> you you edited you'd be like you edited. Of course you edited it because you do all the editing here. Yes. Uh, you, your original score for Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker was a seven point five. Okay. And so my original score was an eight. So I wonder how those scores are going to change. We will see. We'll see on the end. other side of our. Likes and dislikes. Yes. What is your first like? My first like would be the flashback. The flashback to where the young Robin is kidnapped and tortured by the Joker and all of that amazing story build up. Because you're this this is like the the looming this is looming over the entire film until it's told where it's okay, be like, why is why is uh Bruce not telling ter- Terry this? He's obviously he's afraid. He's afraid because he knows what the Joker can do. And you see what the Joker did. Be like the, the most sick, depraved thing that mm-hmm. that monster can do in order to get at Bruce Wayne Batman is just like and how it's animated, how it's just wonderfully, beautifully animated, the story itself, the 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 part that like the the entire scene, the entire segment of this flashback, to me just gives me chills anytime you watch it. From the introduce to Tim Drake, the the what they're calling the second Robin, 
in this in the DCAU. But just so like they skipped one, they skip one. You know, Who cares? He, no one likes him anyway. We voted to kill him. <laughs> Apparently, they did. We did. They did. I mean, I, I wasn't alive. I didn't make the phone call, but more people <laughs> called to kill him than the, that. That is not true. Then we got the Red Hood. So either or, you know, I can't even think of that actor's the character's name right now. I'm losing geek points, but I, oh well. <laughs> Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Thank yeah, you. Jason Todd. I don't like Jason Todd. <laughs> but oh my gosh, yeah, just I mean, like I be like, I love that segment of me like young Tim Drake is kidnapped. Batman and Batgirl go out to try to find him. Arkham Asylum. The whole that whole segment, and then you get the the point where Joker is be like. Oh, here, here's my new protege, and be like, oh, I did all these terrible things to your, to your, to your adopted boy. Be like, weren't you proud of me? And be like, the point where he pushes Batman to the point that he wants to kill him, but obviously Batman won't kill. Be like, I, on the other hand, is <laughs> be like, this is such a beautiful, it's a terrible, horrible scene, but it is beautifully well done. The if you watch the edited version, it's a different scene where the the Joker dies, and then you get the he's scene, electrocuted. He's he? electrocuted because still by Tim, but yeah, he young Tim pushes him into the uh, into the the wiring, and he you know fries. Mm-hmm. So in the unedited version, you you get the uh, he shoots him with the gun. He shoots him with the gun. Be like, that's not funny. That's and not. I- and I just want to put this out there. Honestly, I'm thinking, what is the most visually disturbing death? Oh, yeah. Getting shot with a gun or being electrocuted. It's a, it's a, that's a tough call. That is a hard call. And I, I'm still kind it's, of surprised that the electrocution is the PG. Well, technically, we, we, we see the Joker go into it. We see the electric go off. And we see just the jolt or something. We don't actually see him fry. Okay, then that's fair. But but it's, still. It's, it's still done very well. But this one, you actually see the Joker get shot and he dies on camera. And it is it is beautiful. Be like, And then you start to understand why Tim Drake is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Why Barbara is the way he is. Why Bruce is the way he is. And why poor Terry is stuck in the middle. He has no idea what's going on. And he's like, oh... That's why Bruce didn't want to tell me. Yeah, and it's just like just beautiful. Oh my gosh, beautiful! And uh, the the scene the scene that pops into my mind all the time, where uh, uh, Joker is uh, show, showing the showing the video of how he mm-hmm. how he did everything, and he's taunting Batman the entire time. And I will I would love to have the the line in front of me, but I don't. I'll bring that up. The Which few- line. Uh, the one where he's he's telling uh, uh, behind all the batterings and be like just oh, yeah. I know which I know which one you're quoting yeah that one you're warning yes that one be like, I love that one be like if be like I wish I could quote it for you right now but uh, he'll find it in a minute but again beautiful scene beautiful beautiful horrendous terrible oh my gosh probably one of the best scenes in a DCAU film. Or Batman film ever, in my opinion, close to um, uh, what was it? Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, the one where Batman is 
feel like he's taking on the foes, taking on the bad guys by himself. That's a really, really good scene. Mm -hmm. This is, to me, it's better. Just better, 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 better. Okay, the, the entire soliloquy that Thank the you. Joker gives. Thank you. What's the matter, Batman? No witty comeback, no threat, then I'll provide the narration. I'll begin with how I peeled back the layers of the boy's mind, how he bravely tried to fight it at first. You would have been proud to see him so strong, but all too soon the serums and the shocks took their toll, and the dear land began to share such secrets with me. Secrets that are mine alone to know, Bruce. It's true, true Batsy. I know everything. everything. And kind of like the kid who peeks at his Christmas presents, I must admit it's sadly anticlimactic. Yeah. Behind all the strum and batarangs, you're just a little boy in a playsuit crying for mommy and daddy. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. Oh, what the heck? I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> That's a good laugh. <laughs> yes, Thanks, that's minute. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the scene. Oh my gosh, in that movie was so good. And the point where um, Batman has the Joker in his throttle, be like, "I'm, I will break you." Be like, "Oh, bats! If you had the something for that, be like, you would have done a long time ago." I, on the other hand, was like, it's just pure, beautiful writing, beautiful storytelling. Uh, in all the works, I love this scene. It's a great scene and a beautiful movie. So, yes, the flashback scene is my number one like of this film. Drew? Would you agree that in the DC animated universe that Bruce Tim made, we see both of the ends of the Joker, the final ends? Yeah. Both of the original incarnation and of the rebirth birth mm -hmm. incarnation of the Joker. And basically, he can't come back at this point. No. Or at least they're not going to make anything past this point where he can come back at. So we're both agreed on that. And yeah. I find it interesting, and I like in both ways, it wasn't Batman who took either Joker down. No. You had uh, Tim Drake who shot him because he was out of his mind, mm -hmm. which is something Batman would never been able to do. Yeah. That's against everything he is. And because Batman is who he is, it took Terry to actually truly defeat the Joker because, mm -hmm. uh, because he's gonna, he, he approaches the fight with Joker entirely differently than Bruce would. Oh yeah. I, I, I liked, you know, what he says, like he, he asks Bruce, like, you got any you, you got any recommendations for fighting this guy? Says mm -hmm. the Joker likes to distract you. So you you got to focus on. Wait a minute, he likes to talk. I like to talk. And he goes into this whole and, and he's making fun of the Joker throughout the whole thing. And the Joker is getting nothing mm -hmm. of what he wants. What he because he hopes for a Bruce Wayne Batman fight, mm -hmm. and that's not what Terry gives him. Terry no. doesn't give him that, even oh, if yeah. he wanted to. Oh and yeah, Terry is able to use that advantage, and throughout. That entire fight, you Mark Hamill does a great way of showing of still being the Joker, even though it's this more diabolical and the version he didn't like. Yeah, it's the version he doesn't like because it's it's a very much it's a very darker Joker. Mm -hmm. But he's able to do that, and you can see him getting more and more frustrated by this is not how I expected this fight to go. <laughs> I expected to be fighting Bruce, not this kid <laughs> who is actually 
doing a better job of distracting me than I am of distracting him. So yeah, I, I like how they thought well enough ahead that this could not be, even though Batman has to be the one to defeat the Joker. Mm-hmm. It's not Bruce because Bruce mm-hmm. couldn't defeat the Joker. Yes, that's a it, that's not the way it can ever work. Yes, because they are, uh, they are the rivals. One is always topping the other, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Almost, it's almost a semi-parasitic, symbiotic relationship. Yes, but. Terry's got the antibodies and can kick the Joker's butt from here to Timbuktu. That is true. Which I liked. Once once Terry realized, wait a minute, I have something Bruce doesn't, and I'm going to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you beat the Joker. Mm-hmm. You capitalize on what your predecessor couldn't do and what the prede- what, what the Joker was assuming was going to happen. Yes. It was anyway, that that's my first like. I'm going to bounce right off that one and say that is my second like. It's the final fight between the Joker and Terry McGinnis' Batman. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said very well, that the Joker was expecting Bruce Wayne Batman with the be like, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to fight him. That's it. Mm-hmm. And the Joker's just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. Well, it's because Bruce for the Joker was the perfect straight man. Yeah. Terry is not a straight man. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. the comedian in this in this outfit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so hard to believe he's actually Bruce Wayne's clone son. Yes. <laughs> There's a spoiler for you, people. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, this this scene is so be like again. The writing in this movie is so well done because there again they were just coming off season one. And they were going into season two of Batman Beyond when they were told, be like, hey, the the guys over in home video want to do a movie for this or home release. And they were like, uh, we need to shuffle a few things down yeah. around to do this. So they got some good writers. They got some writers on this. They got some good, you know, good people on this. And uh, this is just a beautiful film. And this this scene in particular is just like, uh, the, the point where the, the line that gets me all the time is where Terry in the middle of the fight, he's hanging on the Raptors cause he knows the Joker can't get him. Mm-hmm. He's just hiding up there and just mocking the Joker the entire time where Terry says, get a clone clowny. You got, you got no sense. He's he got no, he, he's got no sense, sense of humor. humor. He, he wouldn't know a good joke would bit him in the cape. That's not, not, not ever. If you ever had a good joke. Like the entire, just constantly yeah. just ringing him the entire time where the Joker is not used to this with this version of Batman, where Batman's more like, oh, I'm just going to power through, not listen to him and just pull him. Mm-hmm. Where, where, like, yeah, um, Terry be like in his suit, be like, he's powerful. But with Terry McGinnis, it's like, hey, I'm, I'd be like, hey, I like to talk. I like to be smart, Alec. So why not I do that with the Joker? And it's just done beautifully to where he he rouses or use you know more of a, a southern word, rouses. He rouses somebody up. He rouses. Rouses. Thank you. Thank it's you. An I, not an O. Rouses. Riles. Rouse. It's not really Southern. It's actually used elsewhere. But well, never we mind. Never Rouse mind. is like what you do to wake somebody up. This yeah. is Ryle. Ryle. Okay, thank you. Rowl. Mr. Cousin. Jeez, I can't say anything right. It's been a long week, people. I apologize. So, 
Terry has the Joker so now I can't even say anything. <laughs> okay. So sorry. No, 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 no. We're good. Uh, he riles him up. He riles him up. It'd be like you know, Terry riles the the Joker up. And to the point where he like he the Joker normally is throwing jokes the whole bit. It's like, no, you get the the dark side of the Joker mm-hmm. and it gives Terry the opportunity he needs to defeat him. And it's just that brilliant storytelling again with with using Terry McGinnis, the character, against Batman's ultimate adversary. And it's just beautiful, well done. And uh yeah, it's well done. Final fight, Joker versus Batman. My second like for this is the mix of orchestral and oh. synthesizer music yes. throughout yes. the film. Because here's the thing. This may be called Batman Beyond. It may be a Batman Beyond movie officially. Yes. But this is um, as just as much a finale to Batman, the animated series, yeah, and Bat uh, and the New Adventures of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. The whole thing—it's it, as much a finale to that as it is a Batman Beyond film. Mm-hmm. So they use the orchestral that we got that was used all through that, mm-hmm. and then mix it with the Batman Beyond synthesizer stuff, mm-hmm. and it works beautifully together. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how good it sounds. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a of a good, but well that that final fight because you can hear it going, you can hear the classic Batman theme playing in there along with the little synthesizer coming in and and adding to it. It's like mm-hmm. oh man, this is so good. Agreed. But uh, and I don't know a better way to put it than that. It's just the way they the soundtrack is done in this. Yeah. I think is a perfect, use a perfect feel of. This is the even though there's what another season after this. Uh, there's uh, three, or three I believe. Three, I think three seasons I think. total of Batman Beyond. Yeah, I think so. Two after this. Yeah, I could be wrong, but okay. In my mind, I see this as the the finale, finale. But if there's two more seasons after this, that's yeah. fine. Uh, but this really felt like this was the would have been a great end for the entire DCAU. Hmm. The defeat of the Joker by Batman Beyond. And it felt like it was that great combination of everything, at least with the Batman stuff, all coming together for mm-hmm. this one great end to finally put an end to the best villain, one of the best villains in the DCAU, if yep. not Agreed. the best villain. Definitely, my, 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 He's, it's one of my favorite performances by Mark Hamill. Not this particular Joker. Yeah, oh, agreed. But Joker in general. I mean, at least he was full-on Joker for the, the flashback scene, the classic yeah. Joker. Did we... Are we back? I no. think we're back. Uh, it says in stream. That, that's the button you click okay. to end yeah, it, because okay. that lies back there. Okay, yeah, we're back. Okay, good. Okay, sorry about that. If y'all if y'all can hear us, thunderstorms are in the area and they disconnected us for a yeah. a quick minute. So apologize for that. Okay. Uh, what was I talking about? You were talking about. Uh, was I still in the orchestra bit? 
you you just got past the orchestra bit and hmm we'll just start your segment back up okay starting back at that my second like for this is the combination of the synthesizer and orchestra mm-hmm. uh, or- orchestral music in this because it's a great combination of what we'd seen before because mm-hmm. uh, this is very much a in many ways I feel this is a finale in many ways for the DCAU especially with the final final death mm-hmm. of one of the greatest villains in the DCAU Agreed. being Mark Hamill's rendition of the Joker mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to see both the original Joker die and his reborn version die in the within what half an hour of each mm-hmm. other uh, and this feels like I, I love how it, it, it brings in that all that stuff from the original because you know you're bringing in like the whole kit and caboodle it's mm-hmm. bringing a, almost a finale to the entire dcau and i love how it brings it all together in this one soundtrack it sounds very 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 good um i know you said there's what two seasons three actually oh two seasons after this yeah there's two seasons after this two seasons after this so i know there's not um this isn't the finale, but yeah. it really feels like this is the finale of everything that had come before. Mm. I don't know where the story goes from here other than somehow we learn that Terry is a clone of mm-hmm. Bruce. Right. Somehow. In uh I assume that's in this and not in no, the comics. No, it's in just Justice League Unlimited. It's, it's, so it's the actual finale that connected yeah, all that to yeah it's it's actually the finale of justice league unlimited oh, season okay. two i believe or something yeah because like there was only one other show after that in the dcau and yeah. nobody watched it because <laughs> it was not that good apparently especially since apparently teen titans was not considered part no. of dcau uh even though they referenced it in an episode of static shock yeah there is a reference to it but well, well, Static asks, hey, where's Robin? He's with the Teen Titans. Who? Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. And we never talk about it later. No, it's never brought up <laughs> again. But um, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, that was really my thought. I may have to edit in the what I've said before <laughs> to make this sound good. But anyway, what's your third like? My third like would be the storytelling in this movie. Where it's this this overall overarching mystery, like who is the Joker? How did the Joker return? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, all these little nice misdirects, all we believe is misdirects. Red herrings. Red herrings. Good good word. Red herrings. All throughout this entire film, it's like, and it uses the strength of what Batman is a character. He's a detective. Mm-hmm. Also is Terry McGinnis being a young Batman or Batman Beyond is is this this you know discovering who who the joker is and trying to solve that mystery you know being the good detective yeah hunting down clues where be like if you take like the the majority of the live action films batman really isn't a detective and in, in, so, in some regards but like there's little bits here and there but mm-hmm. when you, you get into to the nitty-gritty be like if you want the detective batman it's in the animated series and you have this beautiful like red herrings all over the place. It's Jordan Jordan Price, right? Jordan Price is actually my favorite red herring because yes. not only does he look and 
like the Joker. Mm-hmm. He's voiced it's by the, the Joker. Joker. <laughs> he is actually voiced by Mark Hamill. Hamill. Yes, because because they're they're even playing to our knowledge, uh-huh. our, our meta knowledge, saying, "Oh yeah, obviously it's Jordan Price." He even is voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh, so yes. of course he's the Joker. He's, he's got to be the Joker. Nope, nope, not even close. Meta he, red herring. Nice. Yes, yes meta red herring would be the storytelling overall the red herrings of who the joker is how did the joker come back and all those great wonderful things uh the red herring that jordan bryce is believed to be the joker that he like he looks like the joker and he's voiced by the same voice actor as the joker the joker (laughs) mark hamill so and then be like and again you use the 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 strong suits of batman in the animated series where he's a detective, he discovers how things go and what's going on behind the scenes where unlike in the, I know this is a kind of a dig at the live action films. You really don't get a detective Batman, but like, yeah, you get and Batman and Batman returns. He's a little bit of a detective where these, he's a full on detective. Be like, yeah, he beats people up, but he ultimately is a detective. Um, but and like you get there again, red herrings would be like, oh, it's Tim Drake. There's no way Earth to be Tim Drake. Be like he he's 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 a scarred he's a scarred or older man from the events that happened in his life. Uh, there's no way Earth that could be him. So it's got to be Jordan Price. Jordan Price. No, it can't be Jordan Price. Be like you know he he just he. He he gave the Joker's access to the lab where they can beat up Bruce. Because of his be like, I, I want to be the the main the the guy at the top of uh uh Wayne, Wayne pa- Enterprise. Yeah, Wayne Wayne Powers Enterprise. Wayne Powers? Wayne Powers. It's called Wayne Enterprises in this movie. Well Wayne Wayne Enterprises. Well in the in the Batman sure Beyond, the it's called first Wayne season, Powers. I'm sure it is Wayne Powers, but yeah. in this movie, yeah, it's called they Wayne just Inter- call it Wayne Enterprise. Yeah, which is slightly which means powers must have got kicked out. Paul, what did you do to get kicked out of Wayne Tech? <laughs> but um, the storytelling again, be like if if you watch this movie for the first time, you have no idea what's going on. Be like, be like, you could probably pick up a few things here and there, but the reveal of who the Joker really is, be like watching it for the first time. I remember very distinctly, very clearly. It's like, oh my gosh. It's Tim, but Tim doesn't know it's Tim. Be like he's a brainwashed uh, host of a parasite of a digital Joker, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, Digi Joker, Digi Joker, yeah, it's Joker Digi- Mon, Joker, <laughs> Joker Mon. I think there was a Joker Mon, but anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, good one, but. Like, yeah, the reveal, like, who the Joker is and how the Joker became the, you know, this version of the Joker is just flat out, again, storytelling in this movie is so good. So, so good. So, yes, the the red herrings and storytelling and the big reveal of who the Joker is was amazing. So that's my third like. My third like for this It's gonna have to be the laser from the sky. Oh, the Akira laser. <laughs> the Akira laser. Because it's so good. It is. It's I an agree. amazing effect. It is. 
that that animator I, I i don't remember his name i'm sorry but he i think he really did outdo himself uh in this 2d hand drawn. because it's like yes it was digitally colored mm-hmm. but this is all hand-drawn stuff and he, he he outdid himself in my opinion mm-hmm. with this uh the fact that all you have to see is that light to know, oh, crap's about to go down. Even the first time you see it. It's like, you know that's not right. That's not how... And you see it at the... Uh, on the yacht when Jordan mm-hmm. when it's about to shoot at Jordan Price. Yes. And uh, you can tell even then, even though you don't exactly know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. that crap's about to go down and it ain't the cops. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been in Batman. Uh, the original Batman. Yes. And you get this the, this laser going and shoot, and it it goes through and destroy. And it, you get this laser firing down at Gotham City in multiple places. And if you listen to the director's comment, says, "Oh yeah, there was nobody in that building. This is the abandoned warehouse district." Yeah, they didn't like, say like that. Certain, but that's what I call it. Like a Thank certain you. Power Rangers yeah, <laughs> series. Yeah. Uh, and there's nobody in these cars. They're all self-driving cars. Yeah, no problem. They're, they're just going to pick up their owners. They haven't got there yet. None of the, there's no one here. Oh, but there are some people sitting out in front of the Joker's warehouse because we accidentally forgot to take them out of the scene. <laughs> they're dead. No, they're not. They were destroyed. They, they, they were magically teleported before the beam hit. They're, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> even though we do see a character, you know, Whee! go. Whee! Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that effect, I think, was done so well. The only thing I don't get, and, I, and uh, this is what I do agree with the directors, is one of them asked, why does the satellite fly away at the end? Uh-huh. It's like, I have no idea. Do you know? No. <laughs> oh, well. It's like, y'all just got done making this film and y'all recorded this commentary, and you don't know how the satellite flew away. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but not just that that laser effect. All of the effects in this. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to that director's commentary. It stated how uh, they did not specify the colors of the beams, right, or even where they were really shooting. Other than there had to be some spots where you know it was going to barely hit uh, Terry, uh-huh. and in a couple of different spots, it's like, yeah, we didn't specify anything of that. That they did they did that on their own because they're masters at this. <laughs> it's like. Are you telling me that despite being all the characters being designed in America, in, in America, the story being written in America, that I'm actually watching an anime in terms of action? Yes. You know what? I'll accept this. Oh, that's fighting words for a lot of people. I don't care. For, yeah, I don't care either, but it's fun. It, it, anyway, mm-hmm. it, it's very well done. All, 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 the, all the laser effects are very well done in this. And uh, when we get to our X Men review, I'm going to talk about a little something that annoys me with modern uh, sensibilities. Yeah, okay. That was not present on this DVD. All right. Thankfully, we'll get there when we get there. All right. What's your first dislike for this film? My first dislike would be being a being a fan of Batman Beyond the series. That in this movie, it's called. Wayne Tech or, or Wayne, Wayne Enterprise, Enterprise, Wayne Enterprises, where in the show it's Wayne Powers, Wayne Powers Incorporated, because obviously in, co owned by PaulJPowers.com. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
that to me i was like wait a minute it's supposed to be it's supposed to be this but why is it this in the movie it was slightly confusing for me i think watching it for this time having a little more knowledge of batman and beyond for the series i was like wait a minute that makes no sense okay that was again it's a nitpick so yeah wayne power be like wayne powers instead of uh uh wayne corp or vice versa, whatever. I'm getting things. Wayne released. Enterprises. Wayne Enterprises. Thank you very much. It's it's been a crazy week, people. I need a straight jacket. Stat. Ah. Okay. I have I have an answer for you. Okay. Because I just looked it up. Oh. Let me go through the entire history of Wayne Powers. Dum dum dum. The merger happened around or shortly after Bruce Wayne retired as Batman. Yes. Bruce would constantly avert attempted takeovers by Derek Powers, but the latter was ultimately successful with merging both companies. Mm-hmm. Possibly because Bruce's declining health prevented him from fully protecting his company from the takeover. Powers was the initial CEO and chairman of the board. Bruce had little actual power in the day-to-day affairs of the corporation, but he was still a major shareholder and retained influence among the board. To gently mock Bruce's lack of control of the company, Derek Powers offered to allow Bruce to return to the company in an advisory role and that he would put Bruce in the finest office in the building. It also had several armed guards wearing white and black armor. When Derek Powers began to have trouble maintaining his radioactive mm. condition, mm. he appointed his son Paxton as his replacement, intending to use Paxton as his mm. puppet. When Derek was exposed as Blight, something mm. that Paxton had secretly engineered to fully take over from his father, Paxton was able to assume full control of the company. Eventually, he was arrested for hiring the Royal Flush Gang mm-hmm. to assassinate Wayne and employing thieves to steal artifacts from museums yes. for his private art collection. Mm-hmm. With the Powers family disgraced, Bruce decided to re-enter corporate affairs as CEO and chairman of the board. To prevent this from happening, Jordan Price hired the Jokers to assassinate Bruce and ransack the company. That makes sense. They failed, and Price was arrested, allowing Bruce to resume control of the company, reverting its name back to Wayne Enterprises. That that's why it's not called Wayne Powers in this movie. That makes sense. You are welcome. <laughs> and now you know. And knowing it's half the battle. Yes. Batman. So, yeah, that was a little confusing. Thank you very much to Drew for quickly Googling. Quickly Googling <laughs> that and helping understand that a little bit better. What's your first dislike? Those of you who remember our first episode, who remember my complaint about the uh, <laughs> the dance club. Yeah, the colors. I still hate this. <laughs> and I know, but the problem is now I know why I hate this. Yeah. It's because they're not using the gels they were supposed to. They did the show. That's why it looked better there. They tried to recreate it by with the digital coloring, and that's why it looks too clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. <laughs> I hate the way that looks, because it looks like for sh- short bits of time, they are literally pink. Yeah. Not shaded, pink or orange or yellow. Sometimes you see shading. Sometimes it's not there. The And the reason is... They apparently had to do some color correction later because when the because here's the thing TMS apparently must have gotten under some uh, must have bitten off a little more than they could chew because they've had to fart look looks like according to the director's cut or director's uh, commentary mm-hmm. looks like they ha- probably had to farm some of the animation out to South Korea they did and the 
and the only reason they could tell was because it didn't quite look like TMS art. A little bit. And they said, we think this is what might have happened. We have no confirmation. I'm going, <laughs> do you get in trouble for this? <laughs> I'm telling them where you, that you had to farm out some stuff out. Yeah. And some of the some of the things they got back, they had to the TMS apparently must have had to color themselves because it's colored differently. <laughs> and in a hurry. There's a couple of things where they are literally blue. But it's the same blue as everything else, and they disappear into the background for shots. And every single time, Terry and Dana are different colors from everybody else. <laughs> if you're gonna have everyone, if you're gonna have everyone be orange, but your main characters, it's not gonna look right. Yeah, agreed. If you're gonna do this effect, do it right. <laughs> But I say don't do this effect unless you're going to actually digitally do the gel effect because you mm -hmm. really didn't do it. You just yeah. literally just recolored the characters thinking, oh, this will work, and it doesn't work at all. You know, you know watching for this this time for the rewind, I can definitely see that now. Yeah. Because I think before I didn't, so. It's, they're, they're, it's color math is my problem here. Okay. When, because I've done digital coloring. Yeah. I do digital coloring all the time. And I know that what they should have done here was to color all the characters normally. And then laid on top of that, the color that's go that would, uh, that they want them to glow. Like the light is shining on them so that then the digital color math would calculate what the actual pixel needs to be mm -hmm. to show that color Agreed. mixed with what they're wearing. And they didn't do that. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that looks fine for the background characters because you expect them, especially on a uh, CRT television, which is what this was originally made to be viewed on. Mm -hmm. You expect those characters to be, you know, less detailed. But when you got Terry and Dana right, you know, almost full screen, and they look like they're monochromatic except for their character outlines. It doesn't matter that that monocolor changes every second. Mm. It still is distracting because it doesn't look like they're actually in the scene. <laughs> so that's my first dislike. Okay. That's still an issue for me. Mm -hmm. What's your second? My second, uh, well, you, you mentioned in, I think, I think you mentioned your third, your third like was where uh, even the, the directors didn't know what was going on, where the satellite, once it's disengaged, it just floats off. Where does it go? Have it doesn't no even make sense it's, from a scientific point exactly. of view. Exactly. It should still be in position because he never, because it, it, it stopped firing because it, stop, it stopped getting commands from its command console, which uh -huh. means it shouldn't have moved. <laughs> it did move. And it, it moved out into space. Flying away. <laughs> it should be right there where it is or falling to earth, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. I was, was just like, be like, again, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's a good, like, very bizarre scene. Because, like, even the, the directors and the writers and the whole bit were like, why is, why, it, flying why is it flying away? We don't, <laughs> we don't know. It's a good scene. I agree. But it makes no sense scientifically. Or anything else. Logically. <laughs> Logically. Makes no sense. It would just sit there. Like, oh, yeah, the Joker can get it back. No, it's floating away. What? Why? <laughs> Why? When? How? Help? Anybody? Yeah. 
that's my second dislike. It's the satellite floats away for no reason. My second dislike is the fact that Dana disappears halfway through the film. <laughs> Poor Dana. The writers pointed the, the 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 writers and directors pointed this out in the mm-hmm. commentary. It's like, yeah, we had to cut out scenes of her later in the film because we were we were running too long. And it kind of really sinks that she's a major player in the first half and then disappears. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, we, uh, are we going to shoot? Are, are is, is Ground Zero going to be the hospital where your girlfriend is recovering, mm-hmm. or is it going to be at your home where your mother and and brother are? playing out in the yard oh but of course it has to be stately wayne manor mm-hmm. and i have to point out i love that how when he connects the dots it's a smiley face because that's hilarious yeah it's the but, joker of course but 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 <laughs> dana doesn't do anything after she gets hit she doesn't get a chance to show up we get like maybe do we even get a shot of her at the hospital recovering i don't think so no, we get nothing. And the thing is, Terry was right there talking to Tim. <laughs> he could have, should have just walked. He, after, exactly. After he, after he saw Bruce going into Tim's, and you'd had that little conversation. Walk down the hall, turn into Dana's room, and have a nice little, oh, um, thank you. Hey, hey, uh, Terry, how are you doing? I couldn't think of the guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing, Terry? Uh, is there, are you, I'm glad you're feeling better. Here, have some flowers. I was going to give this to Tim, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he walked. He doesn't walk out with anything, but my mind no. like, oh, yeah, he had, a, yeah. He had flowers in his head somehow. But hey, anyway. It's like, hey, Terry, a good idea for being a good boyfriend? Your girlfriend's in the hospital. Go visit her. Maybe hint, hint, and nudge. I get that for a large portion of the film, he didn't have time. Oh yeah, I agree. But I agree. But still, that would have been a nice bit of closure. Yeah, agreed. So yeah. Anyway, but, that's but, my second dislike. But instead, he has to go to the he has to go to the roof, and you know, make his grand exit of the film. He's got to exit like Batman. Agreed. I agree with you there. But I, my third dislike, my third dislike, this is a little gripe. So watching the film again for rewind mm-hmm. and being the reviewer that we, reviewers we are, you watch for little animation errors a little bit. You have so to. You have to. It's just part of the gig. So we have we, we have to have we have to show our credentials that we are objectively looking for problems because no yes. movie is perfect. Yes. So you you have the the final scene where. Tim, not Tim. Joker. Terry. Terry. Terry dons the mask for the last time in the film. Mm-hmm. So he pulls the mask down, jumps off the roof, and goes flying. Amazing. The 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 theme is playing with the orchestra. The and old thing, Batman. It's theme the too. old Batman theme. That's right. Not the uh, Batman Beyond theme because it's not synthesizer. That is true. You really you can play that that theme on on in an orchestra, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't sound like it. That is true. So. Be like he's flying, 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 and then he's gone. You don't see him at all. Because most of them you think you would see the character. You don't. Be like, he doesn't turn a corner or nothing. He he's he's like like he like he turns on his invisibility system in his suit, like just halfway through, you don't see him. But I'm like, you didn't even finish him flying in the back into the background or him like 
going around a building or something like that or like coming up or something like that just i was like i mean they probably ran out of money i agree i agree <laughs> with you they didn't do anything crazy with the opening sequence it just had i know white text and a black background i know they, they ran, they out, ran of out of money <laughs> they ran out of time actually and money and money that is true they ran out of time and money they had a budget mm-hmm. it had a nice budget for what it was but they ran out of money and i i understand be like but be like and you have to do some not logic jumps but understand be like bruce be like tim can go invisible yeah not hold on terry terry, terry sorry why am i getting names mixed up this is terrible terry, terry t- mcginnis t- as yeah. batman because they're alliterative just call him batman bb for no. short no bb <laughs> And then, I'll get, then I'll then I'll get it mixed up with uh, the the twins. That's Dee Dee. Yeah, Dee Dee. Exactly. Okay, call him Dexter. That won't be confusing at all. <laughs> so Terry goes off flying. Be like, obviously he he. I'm sorry. I just now realized I'm gonna have to find a clip of. I'm gonna have to make a small comic of pictures of the Dee Dees. And Terry, but use quotes from Dexter's laboratory. <laughs> you are stupid. You are stupid. And don't forget, you are stupid. Get out of my laboratory. <laughs> There's plenty of great spots I can use this too. That's what's great. You're good. You're good. Make that happen. That sounds great. You're going to have to do this. Later oh my this gosh. Weekend. But again, this was more of a nitpick that you don't be like the characters. Fl- Thanks, Neko. <laughs> but yes, uh, the 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 final shot where Batman just kind of goes boop at the scene. Obviously, understanding they ran out of money, they ran out of budget, mm-hmm. and uh, I was more like, I mean, like you can make the logical jump that he just turned on his invisibility portion of his suit. But why? Did but he? why would he turn his invisibility <laughs> suit on? At, at the very least, maybe have him fly behind the building. Yeah, exactly. But you don't see that. Like he starts flying towards this, and they just boop, character's gone. They got him, they drew him as small as they could, <coughs> and exactly. then he disappeared. Exactly. So that's that's a nitpick. The the very last shot of this film is literally just Terry McGinnis as Batman disappears. Yeah, I'm a, that is my third dislike. What is yours? Let it rain. There's not much to let rain. Oh, okay. Or color rain. Purple rain, purple rain. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the rest of that song. <laughs> um, my third dislike for this film. I hate that they thought they had to edit it. I get why. Yeah. And from what I, I haven't seen the edits, so I don't know how bad they are to make it more, to get a more PG rating. Okay. And I grant that, you know, that scene is actually very dark. It's a lot darker than I think anything else in the DCAU mm-hmm. has ever done. Okay. And I get, and I know why it's there and I appreciate why it's there. And I understand why standards and practices at warner brothers would have probably said you can't do that this is a kid's show and plus the home video they were said no you can't do that yeah i get all of that and i don't care 
it should have remained uncut. Yeah. Because that, like you said, that sequence from beginning to end is perfect. It explains mm -hmm. everything. Yes, absolutely. And so much of that is visual. Mm -hmm. It takes kind of the semi-comedy of the, that original Joker and says, let's just take this as dark as we can go mm -hmm. without actually betraying any of these characters. And it does a good job. Yes, agreed. And so I hate that they had, they, they chopped it up. I understand why they had to. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I just hate that they had to. A part of me thinks they should have seen that as a step too far for who they were making, who, you know, they knew they had this audience was going to be aimed at. Mm -hmm. And maybe they should have written that scene a different way where it was still just as powerful, but could get past the censors. There's a part of me that says that, but the fact of the matter is we're past that point. This right. is the version of the movie we have, and it's perfect. And I hate that they had to cut it up, even though I understand all the reasoning behind it. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes where they had to cut a lot of the scenes out, because if I think a, a beautiful example of that would be on, I think it's a watchtower database on mm -hmm. YouTube. You can watch the comparison. It's really well done. Um, where a lot of it is where a lot with the fight scenes where in the animated series, they would just, you know, white scene, white screen, white right. screen. That's how they got away with yeah. punching people. You never actually saw the hit. Yeah. There's be like, there's be like, they, they take out a lot of the hits where in this one you see uh, definitely where Batgirl and Harley Quinn are going at it. Be like, you hardly see that. Mm -hmm. Be like, you see some of it, but you don't see the, the whole shot. The um, that kind of edit, I think I would be fine with because yeah. it's that quick. Yeah, the scene. The but scene. The, 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 my question would be: I'm sorry mm -hmm. to skip ahead here. To what yeah, you're, you're to. good. You're good. I know they edit out the actual death of Joker by the way we see it with Tim shooting him. Yeah, it's completely reanimated. The segment though, when they're electrocuting Tim. Mm -hmm to torture him the day is that in the edited version uh it's shortened i believe it would have to be shortened i would shortened. assume give, give us an idea that's going shortened, on and they do on. long shots on characters right that makes sense but uh uh one of the scenes where i just, I just still hate that we had that they had to cut it up yeah like obviously because you know the the columbine massacre happened only right. a year prior or only a couple of months prior to that so it's understandable in some ways in a lot of ways, because they're again, that's well, you know, that's and, violence against kids. So you don't want to do that in movies, but and it's a you have to really ask yourself, especially at that day and age, even without considering Columbine or mm -hmm. any of that stuff, are you really going to show somebody? Well, it, it's not even a bullet he shoots; it's that flag thing. Yeah. It's not even, but it, but it's it's still it's like know, shooting it's, somebody with an arrow. I mean, yeah. yeah. It still looks like it would kill you, but it doesn't seem as violent in a yeah. way. So, and I would assume it would get past that point. Yeah. But so anyway, so you feel like you listen to the commentary where uh, the Joker shoots Bonk, and then he's you know he's dead <laughs> yeah, on the table. They, they edited mm -hmm. that out long before any of the other things came up because they were originally going to have that be worse. Yeah, we're they were going to still show him going through death throws yeah. in the background. The little twitches the here. There's like, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, I know why you just went ahead and just straight up killed him. Uh huh. 
or the uh, the the scene that be like you watch it didn't between even make the, it the animation. No, it didn't. <laughs> but the the animation between the the difference between two scenes is very obvious. It's like obviously you have the death of the Joker in the flashback, and where Tim uh, Terry, sorry Terry, uh, goes and finds Bruce in the Batcave, where in the unedited it's red, where right. in because they didn't realize they painted it red. They did not intend for it to be blood. Yeah. It just but it looked, looks like blood. It looks like which blood. Which is why they had to change the color in the edited version. Yeah, it's purple. It's purple or green. I can't remember. I think it's purple. But it's purple in the edited version. So, like, oh, my gosh. It's like, yeah, they be like, I, I, I severely dislike they had to edit the film. I agree with you. But understanding the circumstances where what it was, mm -hmm. it's just one of the things you, you got to do. Like, uh like Lilo and Stitch, they had to go back and re-edit the, the entire scene where they... Boy, can you tell. Yeah, they can. You can definitely tell where they have to... They have to... The character... Originally, the characters hijacked a seven a Boeing 747 and flew it in order to sa save Stitch, but they couldn't do that after 9-11. Right. So, so they turned it into a spacecraft. They turned it into a spacecraft. And Except for what was obviously a 747's door that was on the side of the spacecraft for some reason. Yeah, and yeah, you could. And, let, and let's not forget because it's part of the original animation. Let's not forget the dryer they turned into a. Uh, oh yeah, and the storage the, cabinet, but still had the dryer window on it. Yeah, that's that. That was more like when I think it was more recent editation. Edita no, no, that's in, one of the originals. That's one of the original edits. It's the same edit that it happened in the same edit as the 747. No. At the same time, no, not technically, no, because my understanding the, is it did. The, the, the version I have, the version I have, the original version, be like it's still the dryer, but in later editions, they change it to a cabinet. Whichever, I'm not going to fight on this because it's not that important. I agree, but I, I agree, but I just, you know, nuance. Either anyway. way, anyways, we stayed on this topic a little longer than I expected, <laughs> of course, of course. Anyway, what are you rating this thing? Oh my gosh. So originally I gave it an eight, eight. I'm going to give it an 8.5. This is still a brilliant film. Uh, I, I totally agree with your, your, the color math is off and the desk and the, uh, the dance floor. I completely agree with you. Uh, but I enjoy the story for what it is. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the moments tremendously. And this is going to be at some point, I'm going to update this thing to Blu-ray. If Warner Bros for bros animation wants to like up this, you know, to H uh, high definition and Especially all that. If it's the uncut version. Yes. Agreed. Cause we still want that uncut, uncut version. Thank you very much. But for, for us, animation nerds would be wonderful. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, so anyway. yes. Uh, so 8.5. What about you? I gave this a 7.5 originally. You did. You know what? I'll give it eight. It is uh, even on the rewatch because here's the thing: this is a mystery yeah. film, and the real clue as to how good a mystery film is is mm -hmm. when you watch it the second time. Yeah, and you know how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. Can you follow? And, and you still follow and, and see how you get from point A to point B mm -hmm. with the knowledge of where it's going to go. And yeah. you can with this; you can see the logic all the way through this and see how the mystery is crafted. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I appreciate it. It's, it's still got that. I still have some small issues with it, like we mentioned. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, it's it's still a good film, and I still suggest it. Eight. Yes, agreed. I'm giving it an eight. That brings us to the end of this particular mm-hmm. uh, review. I don't want to say episode, because but that's not how these things are set up anymore. No. Next week, one of two movies, because I think I know this, how the scheduling lands on this, but throwing that out there a little. Mm-hmm. I think we are reviewing Fire and Ice, mm-hmm. a 1984 animated film. Mm-hmm. And I have, that's Ralph Bakshi, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Be like, I've seen clips from it because I was the one who put it on the list. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this sounds good. I've never heard of it. So, yeah, we're doing and, Fire uh, and Ice. We'll have a guest on that episode. I, I think it's Captain, I believe. It's Francisco. Okay, Roy. Bring he it. said it, not me. <laughs> You're welcome, Roy. So, yeah, join us next week for that. Uh, after that, in case we have to get, change the schedule around at the last minute, because mm-hmm. that happens. After that, we're reviewing Megamind. That's another film be like, I have not watched. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. So join us in the next couple of weeks for that. Also, our live action, our, our Cellcast Plus reaction to a certain special will be yes. coming out within the next couple of days. Maybe. So keep an eye out yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, we're going to uh, play our intermission bumpers. And when we come back, we're going to be talking what we've been watching, some news, mm-hmm. and then some X-Men. Yes. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They are not just a podcast. They are an entire network of shows, podcasts, and YouTube videos that are designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, there is their podcast, Com Talk. There's another podcast where they read books, allegedly. There's also another podcast where uh, they look through the Gundam Watch. And uh, if you're into, if you like movies, just like we do, you can check out them reviewing bad movies over at the bottom shelf. So uh, you can find all their content and more uh, at uh, geekdevotions.com. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com, and Melanie Dubois. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. I'm working on it. So Jacob, I have a question for you. What have you been watching? So what have I been watching? Uh, I've been watching a little more Inuyasha on Netflix. Uh, thoroughly enjoying that. That's always a good series. Um, so another series, I kind of, I, I heard this episode was coming and I did not care that it was in the middle of the season of the last season of one season. I'm referring to The Flash on CW, episode nine, season nine. 
It's my party and I'll die if I want to. So there again, I have not watched Flash since season three. And everyone's like, what in the But they're killing Barry Allen? No. Wally West? No. Oliver Queen? Too soon, man. Too soon. (laughs) Superman? No. Who did they kill? uh, Well, I'll get to it in a moment. Gorilla Grodd. No, they actually killed Barry off. I said that first. I know, but they can bring him back. And someone else comes Barry's dead. Well, they'll have a flashpoint at some point. Yeah. Again. They've already had a flashpoint. A second flashpoint. Second flashpoint, a third point. But uh, so the, the whole reason. Flashes die as much as Marvel characters do. That is true. That is so true. So the whole reason I watched this episode because I knew it was coming. And there again, I am a huge Arrow fan. I love the series Arrow from the CW, which spawned the entire Arrowverse from the CW. And knowing they were bringing back Oliver Queen, a.k.a. the Green Arrow, the Hood, and now the, the Spectre. So I, I'd be like, I was, I, I kept thinking, it was like, be like, okay, it aired the night before. Is it on the CW app? And of course it's on the CW app. So I'm, watch, I'm watching season nine, episode nine. Of a series I have not seen ever since, since season three. Now, Grant, I've seen the crossovers where all the characters, you know, interact with some kind of crisis. Well, this one is kind of a mini crisis where a certain character, uh, I don't remember who this cat, this cat is. Apparently he can, you know, throw his molecules around or his, his atoms around and we uh, zombify people and make them immortal or something like that. And so molecule he, man. Not Molecule Man. That's a character. That's a character. I agree. So he be like, apparently he he wants to cure humanity from death. And so he's going around and zombifying people and making them, you know, zombies. So because that's curing death. Yeah, that's curing death. (laughs) And so like there again, be like most it's a CW show. So the, the, the writing's weird in a lot of ways. So. Apparently, um, Wally West comes back because apparently he's dealing with his his past and his demons like they normally do. And like he's found enlightenment and the whole bit, which like you really can't get past those things unless you have faith in Jesus Christ. Let's just say be honest here. Right. Because be like enlightenment and Buddhism. Let's be honest. Be like you you can't find the true center Mm because your true center is core or like it's sinful core. So why would you want to go there? Uh, so that, that is my little uh, Christian plug here on that. But uh, that that's, that's run through the entire episode. So our main bad guy gets a hold of Wally and Wally, he gets Wally to believe this. And apparently Wally has the ability to astro project his mind into what he thinks is just some, uh, uh, another version of himself, he's actually projecting himself into the multiverse and do other Earths. So, uh, Wally, unintentional, like, in his zombified form, or his his blood form, kills Barry. There again, brand new episode. Sorry if I'm spoiling for anything. Peru has not watched the episode yet. And so, he pops up somewhere. Be like, he he he's on the floor, he, he's on the ground, this forest and you're starting to hear recognizable music tones from an older show and it's just like and then you it's like you know get up get up like he gets up and there's oliver 
there's Oliver Queen. And Oliver died three years ago during Crisis on Infinite Earths as a specter. Well, Christian, he died twice on that, but that's nuance. But, but it was for, for, me, for me as a fan of Arrow, I just I, mean, I had to watch it because there again, they brought back Oliver Queen, Arrow, the specter. Because as specter, he has to intervene on this because otherwise, it'd be like they destroy the entire new multiverse. So Oliver brings back. Barry into the real world. He brings himself into the real world, and uh, they have to fight this new this uh, this villain uh, along with Diggle. They bring my Diggle, yay! Uh, so you get a little. I have no idea what he's talking about. Exactly. You should watch Arrow. It was good. Too much to watch. <laughs> Too much to watch. I understand. In order to get into that, I would have to watch a two seasons of arrow before i start flash and then watch both those shows at the same time for a couple seasons then put in supergirl then there's what is the name of that show uh the one legends of tomorrow it's the multiverse show i can't think of the name of it yeah then you get that and then all that's going to cross over at some point then they got you got lois and clark's new superman show and then that's like i got enough to keep up with as it is yeah Batgirl, Black Lightning. And the less said about Supergirl, the better. <laughs> Just said, I liked that show when I first saw it. Yeah. Agreed. Then they had to do stuff that made me mad. Fair. But I'd be like, I, I enjoyed it because it for me, I got a little choked up at some points. It's more like oh. it was definitely the point where the, the day has been saved and Oliver, they're having a party and it's him and Diggle. Zim and Diggle. It's just probably the best acting I've ever seen out of this entire series. And it's just be like they're saying, you know, as brothers, be like, I love you. And it's just, it's touching. It's so touching. And like, wow, this is really cool. And it's weird because apparently at some point in this series, and some point earlier, like a supervillain, like he defeats a supervillain, somehow he de ages. And so now he's 30 again. I have no idea why, but okay. It's the CW. Be like, their writing is all kinds of weird. And apparently... Well, Kate, I mean, the comics aren't that much better. That is true. So you had Caitlin Frost. Who I, then, mean, I mean, from what I understand, it's actually a pretty decent adaptation because yeah. it's actually adapting the comics instead of, we're going to make the super serious superhero show. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, sorry, I have opinions. No, I do too. So, so I don't care. <laughs> apparently, be like they have Caitlin Frost, who was a character in the first season, and then you have her alter ego, which is like this Frost character. Frost, that's her name. Frost. Emma Frost. Gotcha. Em- yeah, Frost, not Emma Frost. Frost. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, at some point in this series, five, four, three, two, one, Blast Caitlin, off. yeah, Kate, you know, Caitlin and Frost died at some point because apparently they're two different people now. They weren't. It wasn't a split personality. It wasn't part of her meta human. Be like, apparently they were just split people. They were two different people at one point. And then apparently there's another version of Caitlyn. But it's not Caitlyn. <laughs> she has different powers. Multiverse. Moving on. Yeah, exactly. What the heck is Crisis. going on? <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earth screwed everything up. Moving on. Exactly. <laughs> just like the comics. <laughs> Don't forget, there's what? Five versions of Supergirl running around in the comics? That's true. One of them with a uh, window on her chest because she doesn't Power want to girl. make a logo <laughs> yep. because she doesn't feel like she's earned the Superman logo yet again. Symbol. Like, it's like, no, 
No, that's no, not no, why that's they're not, not drawing. Not that is not why the, the artists are not drawing yes. the Superman symbol right there. Right. Anyways, they're not drawing it because '90s sexiness, '90s <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, yeah, I just I'm, I'm watching that. It's like, wow, this is interesting. This cast got really huge, really fast, and I like who are these characters. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, when you hadn't watched the show in how many years? Uh, since season three, and they're on what? Season nine, you missed a little bit, <laughs> a little, a little, a little, just a touch, a little, just a touch. but, but, uh, the, in all fairness, I wanted to watch this episode because there again they bring back Green Arrow or Stephen Amell as Green Arrow, and I was like, okay, I gotta watch this, and I, I might try to catch up with Flash, even though what I've heard is really, really bad, <laughs> but um. Anyways, well, you take the good, you take the bad, you mix them all together, and there you have the facts of life. Sit, Ubu, sit, good dog. I just threw him on off the <laughs> off the thing. He doesn't even know what I'm saying. No, it's more like the the last the series I'm watching. You said sit, boy, be like, oh, I said sit, Ubu, sit, Ubu. Never Ubu mind. Ubu is the name of a dog. Oh, okay, sit, sit Ubu. Ubu, sit. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Anyways, that's all I've been watching. What have you been watching? Not much. <laughs> I got distracted this week. No. Which is why the episode didn't come out till Friday. Dum, dum, dum. So outside of watching what we needed to watch for tonight, the only other thing I actually got watching was a, a Rift Tracks movie. Really? Yes. Uh, they were riffing on a movie called Space Mutiny. Hmm. A very cheesy sci-fi that couldn't even afford its own special effects models oh my so you God. know what they used what's that uh, models from battlestar galactica <laughs> the original tv show <laughs> and it's like painfully obvious what it is but they filmed like okay, you, you know 2009 star trek yes where they filmed like all the bridge and all the stuff where like a lot of the all the clean areas basically yeah. on actual sets in a studio. And then when they had to go to engineering, they filmed it in the Budweiser brewery. Yeah. JJ Abrams <laughs> stole that idea from this movie because all the scenes that were on the bridge, the clean areas, the stuff that's when it looks yes. who you think should look uh, spacey. They filmed on very cheap sets. <laughs> okay. But it was stage sets, like you would expect. And they filmed all of the engineering stuff and all the below deck stuff in an iron forge factory. An iron forge factory. There's one scene where they're, because the whole thing is taking place on a spaceship, right? Okay, fair. There's one scene where you see our, our hero, mm -hmm. played by Red Brown, i.e., the first live action Captain America. Oh gosh! From uh, the uh, uh, Roger Corman movie, that guy. Oh, okay. You don't know who I'm talking about, do you? I, I know of the, the movie. The cheesy one. The cheesy oh yeah, one. I know. I've seen him. But this is their. We see our hero running down a brick-lined alleyway in a spaceship. <laughs> who builds their spaceships out of bricks? <laughs> is it a hollow deck? <laughs> no, it's not. This is somewhere <laughs> in the superstructure of the ship. <laughs> it's bricks on it. 
It's a brick hallway. <laughs> Obviously, they're right next. They, they had to film this right next to the forge. I'm guessing the big forge. And it's like, those are bricks. That's heavy for a spaceship. You don't expect to see that in a spaceship. Granted, I didn't expect to see corrugated metal on the Enterprise, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Mm. <laughs> uh, but the whole thing ends. Like, so on the ship, they have... Okay, you know how when you look at, like, say, a Star Destroyer? Uh-huh. And you wonder how people can get from one end of that ship to the other in a timely manner because of how big it is? Right. This movie tries to answer that. Because in this movie, their ship is so big that their security officers drive what are basically golf carts, but not golf carts. Okay. They're kind of little metal. Okay. They're golf carts with metal crap glued to them to make them look cheesy sci-fi. Is what it is. And it ends with a race between these two guys because one guy's trying to stop the other guy from getting away and crashes into him while somehow jumping out of the thing so he doesn't explode himself. And you have to wonder why are they carrying this much diesel on this ship? Because there's no way that those two electric or semi space electric. Uh, <laughs> Golf carts produce that big an explosion without some other kind of flammable gas. Because you just there's just some ways things just don't happen. Oh my gosh! And bear in mind, this is cheesy '70s sci-fi. They're the female uh, love interest hero, mm-hmm. duologist, yeah. uh, duotagonist. Yeah, duotagonist. Du- Duo protagonist. Duo protagonist. You know what? I, that's not the word. But that's no, close. it's not close. Dude, I, I think it's deutagonist, but in my mind, it's like that sounds like it's two antagonists, but that's not the case. Mm. Anyway, she's wearing a leotard throughout the whole thing. I mean, of a course. I mean, yoga leotard with little arm with, with, with shoulder guards, cloth shoulder uh, shoulder pad thingies coming off of it. Of course. Running, and there's one point where. She's getting trying to get away from the villain, and she decides to turn on her womanly charms. Bear in mind, this woman looks like a uh, soccer mom. She's supposed to be eight, 18, 19, but she looks like she's 45. Okay. <laughs> trying to be sexy. Oh, and wow. failing miserably. And at one wow. point, she's trying to seduce her, this, her attacker to let her free, and she finally, you know, kicks him out of the way, and is... And she hears somebody coming, and, and uh, she grabs the gun to protect herself. Of course, this is our hero, Red Brown, mm. coming in to save her. And she's got her little zipper vest thing kind of pulled halfway down because she was seducing the guy. Of course. She sees who it is, lowers her gun, zips herself back up and says, what took you so long? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my God. God. I, so I, I agree, dumb, Echo. It's like, oh, God. And stupid, and I love it. Oh, my gosh. Stupid, wow. stupid, what, what was the name of this movie? Space Mutiny. Space Mutiny. You're welcome. While the Rift Tracks version covers up the nudity. Oh. There is nudity in this film. It's 70s. Just go watch the Rift Tracks version. It's free on Freebie right now. Ah. If you got access to Freebie. Ah. Which I don't know how you wouldn't. Anyway. <laughs> it's Freebie. That's the only thing I've watched. Okay. This week. 
and it was, so it was bad beyond belief. Oh, there was a, a short that they riffed on right before that. That was pretty bad too, called the Magic Shop, based on the H.G. Wells short story. But eh. so that I, I, was I'm, creepy beyond belief too. So I, I want to tell a bit of a story before we get into. You can't tell I do like bad movies. I, apparently. So especially when you can make fun of them. So if you if you if you listen if you watched or listened to our last episode on wow I'm Luca Luca thank you we reviewed Luca so Drew had just finished Picard season three last week last week and I was going I hate this one so <laughs> so. The, the the fact be like he was so excited about this at the end of I forced you to watch scenes. Oh my gosh, that was to to me because here's the thing I have been saying for weeks on different things. Oh, I've got to show you this once we get finished tonight. Yeah, and we always forget to do it. Exactly. And this one time it's like, look, well, can you go ahead and show it to this? Oh, you really want to see it? Okay, let me boot up everything. <laughs> grab me the controller. Let's find the last episode here. Here's the shot. Here's here's the big money shot that made me cry earlier this week. And here's some more shots. I still never found the thing I really wanted to show you, but oh, well. oh I, I think I'll either or be like the, the, the fact to be like the end of Picard season three. I watched one or I think one episode of Picard season one. And the fact to be like they have the original cast from Next Generation in season, season one. Huh? See Picard season one? Picard season one. Yeah. And in season three. They have all the original cast from yeah next generation. Slowly but surely it adds on. Yes, they but didn't tell you, anybody ahead of time this was happening. But it's like so Drew in his excitement, his geekdom, his his fandom of what Star Trek My is. First geek love. Give me a break. <laughs> hey, I, I'm 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 giving you the biggest break in the world, dude. I I love it when you geek out. <laughs> it is so much fun watching another person geek out about something they love have a deep love and passion for. So me watching that episode or watching that part of that episode where the whole crew there, if you haven't seen Picard season yeah, three, spoilers, spoilers. Ahead. For that. I, I tried not to say it before, but I think Jake was about to say it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that I think it was like, it was the, the, that last, ep- the last episode or the second to last episode is where they do the big reveal. Yeah. They bring back the D. My ship. Yeah. My ship. The USS Enterprise D. NCC-1701D. Yes. The fat one. (laughs) It's a galaxy class, madam. (laughs) But it was like, I'm I'm looking at like, there's no way on earth they did this. And it's like, it's like, Jordy, what the heck did you do? (laughs) How'd you build all of this over the course of the past, what, 20 years? 20 years. I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. And it's just like, that was, that was a cool scene for me, for someone who watched a little bit of TNG here, watched the movies, watched Generations, watched all the other films. Watch the D blow up. Yeah, watch the D crash blow up. into the uh, into Viridian 3. Three. And then it's like, oh yeah, we had to salvage it, right? And it's like, that's what you did with it? <laughs> they, it's not that they had to salvage it. They be the prime directive. Yeah, prime, prime directive. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hate the Prime Directive, by the way. Same here. Because it's a dumb rule. Agreed it is. Well, this is the one time I'm happy that the, that they were able Agreed. to... Agreed. Agreed. Like, makes sense why they'd have to get everything on that. Also uh-huh. explains why... Uh, 
Kirk's body was at the Daystrom Institute. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Kirk's body hanging out at Daystrom. Yay, fun. Next to the attack trouble. <laughs> but it'd be like just and the Genesis 2. Jeez. <laughs> All being guarded by Data's AI that's mixed with lore and B4 and somebody else. And they show this off by bringing back Professor Moriarty from a holodeck episode. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking nonsense. But at the moment, I was watching going, did I just see what I just saw? Why would you bring back Professor Moriarty from a holodeck episode? Oh, it's not him. Okay. That's the weirdest cameo you could have thrown into this. This isn't Lower Decks, guys. This is a thing you do in Lower Decks. It's not what you do in Picard. Oh, my gosh. There again, I, I always love when I see my brother in Christ geek out about Star Trek. It's funny as can be. It's it's wonderful to watch. Do and it's not funny. Know how happy I was to realize that the song that was torturing the AI is Pop Goes the Weasel. Okay, be, be for good reason. Okay, I'm not going to get into it now. Okay, good because we have we have more show to do. We have more show so yeah, I, just, I, I wanted to bring that you're up. Not, if we're not careful, I will get off on a tangent <laughs> far more than you get off on yours. Agreed. Okay, fine, fair enough. Because <laughs> then this is turned into a Star Trek show. <laughs> as, as, we were, as if we didn't run into that risk for three seasons of Lower Decks already. That is and true. Let's face it. Season four is coming. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So yeah, we that was may some... have to do it depending on t- on release schedules. It may come either right before Evangelion or right after. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nika. <laughs> but any, but anyways, just like watching my brother in Christ, my friend, uh, geek out about something he loves is just so funny and just wonderful to watch. So yes, that is. So, yes, that is all that I've been watching. And all that I've been watching. Yes. So, so Jacob, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dealit. And yeah, the news. There's a lot of news coming out. A lot of animation news come out uh, this week and last week and a whole bunch of other stuff. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, yeah, so they're doing another animated Transformers movie. I'm not talking... Of course. Yeah, not Transformers Rise of the Beast, which sound great. Now, granted, for my little geeky nostalgia, if... Megatron shows up either in a dragon form or a T-Rex form. He better say yes at some point or hold a rubber ducky or something like that. I'm just saying. If I'm remembering correctly. Yes. He is in Beast Wars. Megatron was not. He's not the original. by Frank Walker. Because he's not the other. He's not the real. The original Megatron. Yeah. Any more than Optimus Prime was Optimus Prime. Yes. Would I still be wrong on wanting Frank Walker to play him (laughs) as a dragon? I want Frank Walker as a dragon, please. So anyway, I still want some fire ant to say, yes, my queen (laughs) to him. (laughs) Yes. 
yes so speaking of transformers uh hasbro's beloved robots in the skies return to a full fully animated big screen adventure next year in transformers one from the toy brand entertainment division e1 and e1 and paramount animation the voice cast and plot hints has been revealed um which is slated to be released on July 19, 2024, 38 years after their 2D feature Transformers, or correction, The Transformers, the movie hit theaters. Uh, from Cinecon, that's actually a thing, Cinecon, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of days ago, uh, they, were, they announced, let me see where I'm at, um, announced that the film will be an origin story set on Transformers uh, secret home world of Cybertron before they come to Earth. Uh, centering, centering on Optimus Prime, voiced by... Who do you think they're having voice Optimus Prime in this movie? Peter Cullen. Ant wrong. Frank Welker. Ant wrong. Matthew think, Lillard. Think... Uh, a Marvel actor. Mark Hamill. That would be funny, but no. <laughs> Especially if he used his Joker voice. <laughs> uh, he has a tendency of willing in a hammer. Wielding a hammer. I know. I'm trying to actually... Uh, I was going to say whoever Padme Amidala's actress is, but I can't think of her name right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. she was Thor. <laughs> in a recent movie. Chris Hemworth. <laughs> Chris Simsworth oh, is, why did, is voicing. Why did you say Jim um, Kirk's dad? <laughs> I should have led with that, but who knows? That you're, you're I, one that of the actually people. That actually would have confused me more. <laughs> yes, agreed. Uh, is being voiced by Chris Simsworth, and Megatron is being voiced by Brian Tedun Henry. I have no idea who that is, but I'll probably be very. I'll probably learn probably in a day or two who that is. But so I'll be like, go with that. As they come, uh, as they come to age and turn from brothers in arm to sworn enemies. So, next bit of news: Disney. Uh, Disney is preparing a big, uh, big finale for its 100th year anniversary, which will reach a high note with a holiday release of ep- of an epic musical fantasy, a century in the making. Wish is the name of the film. Walt Disney Animated Studios today, at some point in the past few days. Weird that Disney is making a film based off the cheap Amazon service. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good joke. That's a good one. I mean, considering some of Disney's recent output. Yeah. Strange Worlds. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't, I can't, I can't judge it yet. So, so I to, yeah. Anyways. Lightyear. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna talk about <laughs> you get me distracted like usual. Phase four of the MCU. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! And 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 Christian Love, shut up! <laughs> All right, so what? Well, Skywalker. <laughs> I would say get up in this is your apartment. This is my apartment. Right. You get out. All right, fine then. <laughs> This is a goofy episode, dude. No, you think? <laughs> uh, mm. 
All right, so the Walt Disney Animated Studio revealed the teaser trailer as well as the new poster artwork and still offering a look into this enchanted new world. The film opens November 22nd in theaters. Uh, if you want to figure out the synopsis of this film, you can go look it up. You'll watch the trailer. It's really interesting. It includes a talking goat. And it's interesting. Let's say that. It's funny. Like, the, the goat... It's just if you haven't seen the trailer, be like the goats lapping up the the falling pixie dust from the star. I don't know what it's called. I think pixie dust, but uh, magic powder, magic powder, and the 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 goat is licking it up, and then all of a sudden it starts talking. It's like okay, this is funny. I'm gonna go watch this either way because you get one animation nerd, two you gotta watch for the podcast. So. Uh, let's see. They also revealed that I think you hit it on the head earlier, earlier about a certain actor who played Kirk's dad, or he played Kirk. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. There we go. Good job. William Shatner. <laughs> He's still acting sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Some, it, as much as William Shatner acts. That is true. Maybe in his own head. <laughs> but uh, yes. Uh, see, I. I, I Folks, I understand that William Shatner is not that good an actor. <laughs> I agree. And he's I like, may be a Trekkie, but I'm a real Trekkie. I understand the limits of their of, of the cast. And he's like 90, 95. But he's also the only one of the cast who's been to space. That is true. Except for the actual astronaut they had on the show in TNG. True. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, so Chris Pine is, uh, he is officially... Uh, Obviously, he's uh, obviously from Star Trek and all the other good movies he's from. Uh, recently with Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Well, I know you've watched it. I haven't. Good film. Uh, so apparently Chris Pine. Always answer. Always ask all five questions. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Keep an eye out for the fat dragon. The fat dragon. It's hilarious. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Gotcha. So go watch that movie. Um. Are you sure he didn't eat the realm? <laughs> so apparently Chris Pine is pairing the villain in this, uh, the alleged villain in this movie. Um, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, he plays King Magnifico. Magnifico. Yeah, Magnifico in uh, the all new, like I said before, all new musical comedy, which, which opening on U.S. theaters on November 22nd. Hopefully he does better than their last go around. Let's just say that. There again, I have not seen Strange World. World or Worlds? I think it's Strange World. Strange World. I haven't seen it yet. Be like, I'll eventually get around to watching, so I'll give my full opinion there later. Or whenever we watch it. Mm-hmm. We have to review this. thinks we should put it in Bad Movie Month, but I don't know how fair oh, that is considering that either one of us have seen it. Yeah, that, that's kind of bad. So, yeah, just do it as a regular review. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, during Cinema, Cinecon, that same event we talk, I talked about earlier, uh, DreamWorks had their presentation. Apparently, this thing was in Vegas. Uh, the studio presented um, Mike Mitchell. Uh, apparently, he directed Lego, the Lego Movie Two, the second part, yeah. Trolls, and Shrek Forever. Not exactly. Yeah, not exactly. A, you know, a glowing filmography. Not not exactly hitting ninety either. Um, 
So apparently he will be directing Kung Fu Panda Four. Uh, yes, I've I've seen one and two. I haven't three. seen three. It needed to end with three. Jack mm. Black can only save so much. Mm. The movie is slated to be released on March eighth, two thousand twenty four. Uh, Mitchell also served as exclusive producer on Kung Fu Panda three, and was a sword consultant for the first installment. All right, so Nintendo. Illumination is making bank right now with Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just doing incredible. It's uh, right now it is beats uh, Disney's The Incredibles from 2018, and it's opening. It's 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 killing it. It's killing yeah. it right now. Let's just say that I don't know the numbers right now because I put these notes well, yesterday. So and today is when it opened in Japan and Korea. Oh crow! <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, this this movie's making bank. Make a sequel, please. Make a sequel. Uh, so speak, speaking of um, other Disney, Nintendo films, please. yes. Uh, so speaking of another film, we have done a reaction to. Is that one out yet? Which Susan one? May. No, 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 no. Okay, it's not out on. It's it's out of theaters. I know that, but I mean, it's not on video yet. No, no, no. Be like our reaction to it. Yes, the reaction is out. Okay, good. So uh, you go into the feed or wherever you listen to our podcast. Uh, go listen to our reaction to Suzume. Uh, thank you again, Ashley Quire, for coming out and uh, hanging out with us. Thank you very much. Love you. Uh, so Roll has also has uh, had a good week weekend with Suzume. Mm-hmm. Uh, posting 1.6 million dollars, being its second week, um, second week in a row, it has earned over 8.4 million. Um, the acclaimed movie uh, was released in theaters and la- Japanese theaters last November, uh, making it over 104.6 million in its home country. And yeah, this movie's done very well. So if you didn't have a chance to go see Susan May, uh, I'm not sure when it's going to come out on in a uh, on home yeah, market. We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but yeah, that was a good movie. That was very the good. reason we went to the theaters because we didn't know when the real the mm-hmm. uh, final the home video version was coming. Yes, yes, very good movie. Go watch it. Go check out the reaction we did. Fun movie. So yeah, that uh, is. Did you catch that? This week, it's ending its theatrical run in Japan after six months. Six months? In Japan. Wow. Just putting that out there. Okay. So uh, another bit of news that I just I just saw as we were going, on li- going live. Uh, Warner Brothers announced voice cast for Justice League World or War, War, War World. War World. That's a hard one to say. War World. War uh, World. Yeah, War World. World. War World. War World. War World. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) All right. So the next uh, DWB, no, this is not DWB. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, the DC animated movies has been revealed. I mean, it is Warner Brothers. It is Warner Brothers, but it's DC. Um, uh, The Hollywood Reporter uh, has announced that uh, Justice League War World will be really uh released later this year in 2023 
and the cast uh, will be helmed by returning performance of uh, Jason Ackers, Jason Ackers from Supernatural. Uh, he will refer uh, returning as Batman, Batman Bruce Wayne. Darren Cass as Superman Clark Kent, and I'm probably going to butcher this one, so I apologize. Stana Catty as Wonder Woman. And for all reasons, uh, apparently, nah. and although for some reason, Bruce Wayne is listed as Officer Wayne, while Clark is called Agent Clark, in the in the official announcement, so yeah, we got another DC movie coming out, which uh, I'm not going to go into synopsis because I think we're running a little long in the tooth tonight. Mm. But yeah, let's. That is all I have for in the news, unless you have something else. Nope, that's going to be it. You ready to jump into some X Men? Let's jump into some X Men. Previously on X Men. Amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. series season three episodes one and two out of the past part one and two part one aired originally on july 29th 1994 and part two aired originally on august 5th 1994 in this episode wolverine is lured into the morlock tunnels by a former lover who is accompanied by a group of cybernetic mercenaries called reavers wolverine discovers this woman he used to love isn't the woman he once knew as she's gone through the same cybernetic alterations that the reavers have and a new moniker calling herself Lady Deathstrike. She has discovered a long-buried alien craft and needs Wolverine's adamantium claws to cut it open. After being released from the alien spacecraft, a being called the Spirit Drinker starts draining the life force of all the people around it, including the Reavers, Lady Deathstrike, and Jubilee. Can the X-Men figure out the secret to destroying it before the drained life forces are gone forever? That's a good synopsis. Guest cast for us, we got Jane Luck as Lady Deathstrike and Yuriko. That is her original mm-hmm. name yes. in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not actually Lady Deathstrike's original name in the comics. We'll get to that. Susan Roman as Callisto and John Stalker as Leech. Hmm. 
This is the uh, for the trivia. This is the debut of Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers. Also, as a cameo, we got Maverick flying the Canadian marked helicopter mm-hmm. in Wolverine's flashback. Also, Wolverine is seen in his secret agent uniform. Mm-hmm. It also fills the gap regarding how he was captured for the Weapon X program. Mm-hmm. The look and feel of the spirit drinker was heavily influenced by the id monster from the 1956 movie Forbidden Planet. That makes sense. The episode combined two characters from the comics, Mariko Yashida, the love of Wolverine, and Yuriko Oyama, the villain known as Lady Deathstrike. Okay, so Yuriko was the name of the villain, but still. Mm -hmm. The waiter at the restaurant where Gene and Scott are are at before Professor X calls them looks like Tom DeFalco, writer of X-Men comics. Hmm. The alien ship discovered in X-Men the animated series part uh, out of the past part one is revealed to contain a spirit drinker, a creature originating from somewhere within the Shi'ar Empire that drains the life force from any living being it encounters. This is the first appearance of the Shi'ar who became an important part of season three Mm -hmm. going forward. So what are your thoughts on this episode? I couldn't get past the animation. The, the 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 animation style itself was so different from anything else. Like it is me. an upgrade. It is an upgrade. It's different. But it's okay. I need to get past one little thing before we continue. Go ahead. Because I mentioned that I was going to complain about something. Uh huh. And in the regular review when we got to this, because uh, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker didn't do this, but and I'm sure when this originally came out, X Men the animated series. Didn't do this, but because it's on Disney Plus and Disney Plus makes these kind of miniature edits mm-hmm. in order to soften the epilepsy issues. Okay. That can sometimes come from I can bright see that. flashing lights. Yes. And boy, are there a lot of bright flashing there lights. There are. Agreed. This episode was dimmed so much. Mm-hmm. These two episodes were because oh, yeah. of the flashing lights. Now, I get it. You mm-hmm. don't want to get sued. Yeah, you don't want anyone. You don't want a repeat of the Pokemon problem. Yeah, from fifteen years ago. Yeah, I get it. Let those of us who do not suffer from epilepsy turn it off, please, <laughs> so we can see what's going on. It did not help that watching this streamed mm-hmm. off over the internet meant that we had to deal with compression, mm-hmm. which caused every time they wanted to do the cover the whole screen in green color in green lights to show the shocking of the monster mm-hmm. and all that, that it caused problems with stuttering because the compression couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. It was like watching... Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the problem right yeah. there. Uh, I hope this doesn't become a problem going forward. I hope this is a two-episode issue because of this. But I've been noticing they've been doing it during the opening sequence on Professor Xavier's uh, energy thing when he does when he holds his fingers yeah. in the opening and mm-hmm. the, the 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 circles come out of his forehead i've i've been noticing it on that one and on uh when wolverine's claws separate in the mm-hmm. thing and it gives that big flash i've noticed they dim it there to help alleviate that yeah but i wish i could turn it off it's like let me just experience this as close to the original version that i can please instead of dimming it and Fair. causing Especially, especially in this episode, because mm-hmm. there's so much bright, flashing green lights in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the kind of thing that gives you issues, because I know you've got epilepsy issues right. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like, I don't care right now. Can we at least see this correctly? 
Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. To to like, give, I, me, I, give I, me the option to turn it off. I wish I had a DVD of this because I'm sure the DVD doesn't have this problem. I know someone who has the DVD because I bought them the DVD. Right. Um. So. I agree with those points. I, I kind but, of, but to I, me, that's that was what I noticed of the bad animation. Fair enough. Fair enough. The the animation for me because you go from season two to season three and you get this. It's in some ways it's rubbery. And some ways how the animation is is it, it, I don't know if it's the compression or not. I think we changed animation studios. We did. That's what it looks like. But then you go into episode three, which I've already watched. Yeah. The animation goes back to what it was in two. Well, I mean, this so, is the first time we've seen like the animation jump in quality weirdly. Because yeah. every time like in uh Days of Future Past mm-hmm. and then the other one that took place in the future. Yeah, the animation was weirdly detailed in the yeah when they're in future New York Mm -hmm. and then went back to normal everywhere else. So agree, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. weirdly, this is a weirdly detailed episode. It's very weird. Like they were trying to do stuff, trying to upgrade. Look, maybe this they were trying to look more like Spider Man. The Spider Man was would have been coming out starting around this time. I would agree with you there. I would agree with you there. So. Like the animation threw me off like no one's business. It had this kind of like how the characters would run. It had this more like a rubbery kind of feel like they were using. uh, uh, They were rotoscoping, like having the characters run. So it looked like they were rotoscoped in some capacity. It it felt like an old episode of He-Man and the Masters Universe from the 80s in in some ways, but it felt more rubberier, rubberier. So. Like the story was good. It was like, okay, we get more of Logan Wolverine's backstory. And um, there again, be like, if you're a kid my age or Drew in my age, be like, that's where you learn all this stuff from the cartoons. Because there again, we didn't read comics back then or when we were younger. I didn't, at least. I, I, didn't, the I didn't have access. I was, I was, there the was kid. not a place I could easily get to to buy it. That is true. I was, I was the kid who would look through comics because there again, having a reading disorder, you didn't want to read because you didn't want to make yourself feel embarrassed. And two, it's art. I love art because they're kind of artist. Um, so yes, I'm very open about be like having reading disorders and the whole bit. You can, if you haven't noticed already. Um, but so. <laughs> So, like the the story is interesting. You get the uh, the introduction of Lady Les- Lady Deathstrike and her goon of Mar- the Reavers. Reavers, I'm gonna call them Marauders, Marauder Reavers. Be like, is is this Firefly for some reason? Wrong Reavers. Yeah, wrong Reavers. Apparently. Um. But, uh, it's a good story. The animation threw me for the biggest loop. I was like, what is going on here? They're again understanding they they were going for a different approach, maybe a different animation studio. Uh, I loved how they would the detail they would do like Logan's mask, like when he's like talking or angry, like really, really close up shots, like to emulate what they did in the comics um, mm-hmm. during the um, during that era, like in the eighties and nineties. It did have more of a nineties art feel to it. It did. It did. Out of the original Jim Lee art style. Yeah. I agree, I agree with you there. Um, like the the story was good. It was like the 
the climax of like how how do we defeat this the uh, energy sucker what is it soul drinker soul drinker a soul drinker like i, I thought that was interesting the x-men are, are 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 summoned by xavier and um that that kicks into what happens into mm-hmm. the, ne- the the next part of the season with season episode three which is an amazing episode let's just say that Mm-hmm. We'll get into that in the next episode, but this was a good episode. I, I liked how they're like they, they, they start off with this episode where Xavier is being uh, psychically attacked and he doesn't know what's going on, and uh, he summons all the X Men because of, like this great evil, and then it leads beautifully into the next episodes, mm-hmm. which I've already watched because I couldn't help myself. Well, and there was some confusion as to what our next X-Men episodes were. That is were, true. So that is it true. happens. It happens. And plus, like, when you're going into the Phoenix song, you just start watching it. Just saying. It's I X-Men. I haven't the watched end. it yet. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It'd be good. I do have one little problem with the end of this episode. Or that be? <laughs> At the very end, we get the shot up into the heavens as everything's come to an end and you see in the cheapest font that saban could oh my gosh yes coming soon (laughs) like it's the upcoming movie the phoenix saga times new romans font and then the cheesiest looking fire Mm. on the on the thing is like what happened here (laughs) exactly ran out of money and someone's like oh by the way phoenix saga is coming up here's everything we're going to do it's like good night this is as bad as the as the uh, the wedding, the end of the wedding, oh. when, uh, when when Rita and Zed are going are going off on their honeymoon in uh, oh, what is the name Serpentera, and you have that poorly animated uh, banner behind Serpentera that says "Just married." It's that bad, folks. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like that's a thing you put on television. Saban, I wonder about you sometimes. <laughs> and that had to have been last minute. It had to be. It had to be. It's like, oh my word, that looks so bad. Why did you do that? Disney, fix it. <laughs> Fox, fix it. Saban, fix it. I don't care that none of you work together anymore. Send some of that Hasbro money over to Texman, the animated series, and fix this one scene because it looks bad. Fix a scene from a film that, or a, from a TV show from thirty years ago. from thirty years ago. Okay, yeah, they'll they'll definitely do that when they're still working on X Men ninety seven. X Men ninety seven team, I have a job for you. I need a <laughs> graphic that we're gonna shove on. We're gonna edit it to the end of this last episode, and we're not gonna care that it doesn't have the same quality because they didn't care the first time. <laughs> Good night. Do we lock? This is five years before Windows Movie Maker, and yes. and it looks like they did it. Windows Movie Maker. It does. It does look like Windows so Movie Maker. Bad. <laughs> the rest of this, outside of the uh, the dimming issues, right. because of how much right. energy, bright energy effects that are in these two episodes, which I I, I don't like strobing out. Thank you very much. I don't what? like procedures. So I understand that. I I, 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 that. I appreciate what they did for that. But at the same time, it was like, what in the it's world? Like, y'all could have. There had to have been a better way for y'all to fit to do this. Instead exactly. Of just Come on, it, Disney. Making it so dim that Cyclops' costume looks black. It does. 
Well, that could have been just the animation itself. That could have been, but that's the, like, how the animation is in this, uh, these two episodes. Yeah, that could also, have been the episode. Also, can we talk about Creeper Beast? Beast. Creeper Beast. <laughs> Beast is at the art museum. Oh, and yeah, he's just hanging out with this woman. <laughs> and I, I'm sitting there going, are y'all on a date? Is she, is this, do you actually know this person, Beast? Or did you just start talking to some random woman who was looking at a painting? beast yeah, i yeah. need to know this because he starts he say first off he says something i agree with and saying i don't remember whose art it was because i can never tell the difference between his art and, and his drop cloth <laughs> i was like good night after that trip to, the, to the, that art museum and yeah. Dallas, i can say the same thing yeah. about a couple of people <laughs> not saying who gotcha but <laughs> let's just say one of them we couldn't take pictures of Oh my gosh. But <laughs> we had that discussion. We did. We did. But uh he says he liked Picasso. It's like, okay, I get I, I'm not a big fan of Picasso, but I get that. But Beast, who is this woman you're talking to? Why, does, like, she, why does she look like uh Dick Grayson's aunt from Batman from Batman the the TV series from the sixties? Okay. Think of her name. That's a good question. I have no idea. But you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, because she was in the two Batman uh, animated things we saw. I, I put on the that list. We reviewed. Yeah, the Adam West. I okay. Can't think of her name, and I'm trying to look it up really quick. But that's what she looked like. She looked like that Fair. character. That character. Fair. She looks like Aunt Harriet from Batman, the Adam West show. Okay. Why is Beast talking to Aunt Harriet? Does Aunt Harriet want to talk to Beast? Because she doesn't look like it. She looks like, like, oh my goodness, there's a blue man in a suit. <laughs> and he won't shut up. because he's And he won't leave me alone. He won't leave me alone. <laughs> oh, thank goodness he got a phone call. Is that what happened? In the 1994? Before cell phones? Well, before cell phones, before they came prolific. Yeah. And where's his bag phone? He didn't actually, all he did was mutants are weird or just like just make commentary on everything be like hey don't you think this is great oh i gotta go bye i, well, but, I so wish you on the i so wish you like what the heck I, I so wish she'd have turned around and said finally he's gone <laughs> it's like that was a frightening experience yes oh my <laughs> word also beast really shouldn't wear suits because <laughs> he looks good in a suit no, oh, I said he shouldn't. Oh, shouldn't. He okay. shouldn't. He looks like a he looks goofy. <laughs> well, he's blue and he's big. Anyway. Yeah. What's wait a minute? What's his suit? Blue or black? His suit was brown. Oh but his he was but of course he's a blue beast-like mutant. So the the colors really didn't go together. No, they didn't. <laughs> but put, the same put, was like put him in a black suit or a gray like, suit or something uh, like that. He looks weird, especially since he goes and jumps off. And I go on. What suit bends in the way that Beast moves, mm -hmm. where he can do that and it not tear all to pieces? Well, he is a doctor, so he probably afford a good a suit like that. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, he he did cure blindness in one episode. I forget this. <laughs> he did cure blindness. Yes, the man's rich, <laughs> very rich. Not to mention he's world famous for being the mutant. 
that was put on trial for all of mutant kind mm. and then was given a pardon by the president, president. who was who was very evil against mutant before he got elected yeah so yeah yeah peace be rolling green anyway which is kind of covering fur that's about all i've got yes <laughs> next week though as we said before yes! we're starting Yes. The Phoenix Saga, oh, oh, parts oh. one and two. Yes. It's a five-part series. We're only doing one and two next week because... Oh. <laughs> Good night. I don't think we could do five episodes in one. That would be... okay, Especially well, with a guest. That is How true. How mean would that be? That would be so mean. Hey, Roy. How do you feel about... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I am kidding. I am kidding. Anyway. Or is he? Join us next week for that. Do you got anything to add before we get out of here? Oh my gosh, this has been a fun episode. Uh, I will say one thing. Hmm. We somehow got through an entire two episodes of X-Men without Magneto. I am Magneto, master of magnet. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to find a reason to play that. <laughs> oh my gosh, but yes. It's become tradition, and it feels weird not to. <laughs> so... Yeah, that this has been a fun episode. So yeah. yeah uh, we'll see y'all next week, I guess. Yes, but exactly. in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at G George 759. His Twitter at G George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. You know, this episode would be funny if it weren't so pathetic. Oh, what the heck? I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> <laughs>